This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're getting racial. And it ain't black and white, RJ. As we've watched spine number 97 in the Criterion Collection, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing from 1989. But first, how's it going? How long did you... uh... How long did you work at uh, that intro, that uh, black and white thing? Uh, about, like, two seconds. <laughs> mm, be honest. No one's judging you. Maybe, I just really want to know. Maybe three seconds. Better part of a day? For about three seconds. <laughs> Better part of a day, I, I, I'm guessing. So you were probably leaving work today, and you're like, fuck, how am I going to start the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With something racial, something Spike Lee. Uh Anyways, I'm just begging you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much is going on, dude. I no. don't have any cool stories. No one's shit in the urinal this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see any. There's no wiring issues in my house. You sold some. Cap- po- well, RJ, you did sell some pokeballs. I wasn't gonna talk about that, Jarrett. <laughs> you don't have to get too. You did correct. I did. An- so answer the question. You sold some pokeballs. Uh, I sold some collector items uh, from Burger King circa 2001, Mm -hmm. uh, if that's what you're referring to. Uh, They were 23 karat gold uh, cards in a, uh, I guess you could call it a ball case. Uh, They were themed. It was a genre theme. Uh, It was a popular genre. It's big in Japan. Um, Yeah, I sold some stuff this week uh, because, you know, I had them in. I was like, I think it's time I let this go mm-hmm. in my life. Feel, I don't need these Burger King collectibles anymore. You feel in? Do you get like a high off of selling stuff online successfully? I do because I usually have a lot of problem. Uh, I, which I'm I'm realizing now. I think I'm the problem because a lot of people uh, take issue with the way I handle things online. Uh, so like, I'm I'm big tough guy on Kijiji. So if I have something listed for like twenty bucks and someone offers me ten. I'll just be like, fuck off. Like, I'll be like, no way, dude. I ain't taking that. I'll be like, I'm not that tough, but I'm just like, no, that's okay. And I'll be like, I don't I don't need to sell this. And then people get like really frustrated. They're like, what's well, the best offer you can get? I was like, no, I'm fine. It's like, I'm not in a, I'm not urgent. I can wait until I get the extra $10 I want. Um, so people, I have been told by several people that uh, the way I handle business on Kijiji is not the manner in which I should be handling it. But uh, I've met some of these people and they're total nerds. Uh, (laughs) One guy I met one time was telling me about how he, I sold him a GameCube I bought a while ago because like I bought it to get the games and then I sold the GameCube and he was like, yeah, I just need like one more and then I'll have every color that they make. And I was like, cool, man. Uh, Like I didn't say any, I was just like, cool, cool. And then later, so there was like a memory card in it and the guy pulled it up and he saw that there was games that were played on it and he like fucking got my phone number and messaged me and he was like, hey, do you have any of the games that uh, were on the memory card for this thing? And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, but like what happened to them? I was like, I don't know. I don't have them. And he like, he texted me for like three days and I was like, please leave me alone. Uh, This is a guy who once told me that uh, I don't understand how, uh, um, collecting works mm-hmm. so uh I, i've gotten mad at a, a, a few people uh this B- burger king pokemon guy he was up there for a while and then i saw him and then i kind of felt bad so <laughs> he just like he he was like a uh, he, just, just, uh, <laughs> he he didn't look like like 
So this guy's from BC or something, and like he, when he was talking to me, he was talking about like how he couldn't meet here, he couldn't meet there. He's like, I gotta meet early because I can't be driving at dark. And I was like, okay. Um, he's I was like, I don't know what that. Yeah, I don't know. He, and he he was talking about how he needed these because he's friends with known cosplayers. And I was like, all right. I was like, I'm sure you could get like one of these things for like uh, five dollars on the internet, and it would work better for them than. Uh, like they're not expensive so i i had three and i sold them for 20 bucks each because i looked up on ebay and some people were selling them for like 35 so i was like i was like i doubt if i'll ever sell these i'll just throw them and, up for 20 and, and you go to sh- and shipping yeah well i i don't do no no yeah, but it's like, yeah, like on, yeah if exactly. if, yeah that's the crazy thing is how expensive shipping is nowadays so i mean yeah you gotta throw that into your uh your, your that's a, price that's another thing that really bugs me people come on the let's bridge kijiji and they're like will you ship to ontario and I'm always like, no. And they're like, well, why not? I'll add like five bucks. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And this one guy has been messaging me the last three days. Like, cause I just, I flat out told him, no, I was like, no, I don't ship anything. And then the other day he's like, is it a, is it a money thing? I could send you money. I was like, no, I just don't ship things. <laughs> so like, well, yeah, like, no, you would be sending me money, but I'm not taking it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to take it. He's like, well, he's like, I don't really understand why you won't ship it. And I was like, because I said no shipping. It's like, it's posted oh in Lethbridge, Kijiji. It's not posted in fucking Ontario. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So this guy, he just looked unhealthy. <laughs> he was like, he was wearing nice clothes and he had like a really like fluffy turtleneck that went like over kind of like his jawbone. So it was like uh, closing in on the ears. So I think he was like a fashion dude. He was driving a Dodge Charger. Um, but like I looked at him in the face and his eyes were really red. And he just looked like he was like, he didn't look high. He just looked like sick, kind of. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I think I understand these health issues you're talking about. He's Dodge Charger, and he can't yeah. meet after dark. Meet after dark. Well, it's because he has health issues, and his uh, vehicle has been acting up lately. So there are certain reasons why he couldn't meet her. But uh, he paid up. He ponied up. Okay. But um, actually, you know what? I'm just going to tell you one more story about this. The one that like made me the most disappointed in people. So I had these Batman cartoon DVDs once. Yeah. And it was uh, the Batman. I bought it for like 30 bucks and I watched them when I was a nerd and I watched cartoons and I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, I don't need to keep these. So I threw them up for, um, no, I think I paid for it. I threw them up for what I paid for. It was like 40 bucks for this whole set. And uh, this guy was talking to me and he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll come meet you. Uh, 40 bucks. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. And I was like, okay, hey, cool. Uh, he showed up and uh, he had his little kid with him. And his little kid was like eight, m- maybe seven. Like he, he was young. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy just looked at me and he was like, oh, he's like, go. He pushed his son forward. He's like, go ahead, tell him. And the son held up 30 bucks. He's like, he's like, will you take 30 bucks instead of 40? And I just looked up at the guy and I was just like, in just awe and amazement. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like you get like you. It's enough to do it yourself. But to put it on a little kid and just like push him forward because this little kid too like i felt bad for him like you could tell he's like, I don't want to be here. He's like, I don't know how to do this stuff. He's like, I never wanted this shit. He's like. So that was the one that I was, that's why I'm, when people offer me stuff that, like if it's like, if I'm selling something for 50 bucks and someone offers me 40, I'll probably sell it. But like, there are times where people like short you like five bucks and I'm just like, no, it's so, so did you, uh, what did you do RJ? I, I fucking punted that little kid across the, the 
parking lot. Yeah. No, I gave it to him. Like I wasn't gonna oh. say no to this. Thing. So it worked, I guess, which is the bad thing. That, but... Exactly, it worked. Yeah. Well, I'm I, I'm very disappointed in you. What it, I should have did was been like, here you go, little kid. And then when they were walking away, I've been like, hey, buddy, get over here. And I should have told. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I felt it was a shitty thing to do, and uh, he's a shitty person, whoever that guy is. Yeah. He's probably listening to this well, show. He's so. $10 richer. He's $10 richer. Mm-hmm. So, whatever, man. What a scummy what, what a, what a, what a scummy move. <laughs> yeah. Those are my uh, disadventures in Kijiji. Nice. Well, um, I have nothing to talk about. As per well, usual, there you go. Life, life is just there. It, mm-hmm. it chugs along. Um, yeah. But hey, that's why we nice. got movies in our lives. It, uh-huh. makes, it makes us feel like big men that we have like that we're accomplishing things by just sitting and watching movies. Hey RJ, mm-hmm. what you been creeping on this week? Um not a lot, to be honest with you. I don't even know what happened. I guess I was busy. Well it's all those uh pints of white Russian that you've been pounding back. Oh, so much heavy cream. It's just been in, in the toilet nonstop. Because she doesn't stop pouring them for me either, right? So I'm just constantly infusing cream into my body. You know? Yep. <laughs> cream daddy? Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, no, I haven't watched a whole lot. Of, I've been busy, I guess. Uh, I watched two things. One thing I didn't want to talk about, but you bugged me. Uh, people don't know this, but uh, before we started the show, Jerry was like, why don't you talk about this movie? And I was like, I don't want to. And then he like verbally harassed me and sent some threats and things like that. So I guess I have to. Um, on my birthday, uh, I don't – I save – I have a few favorite movies. And uh, I sometimes watch them on my birthdays. I don't watch them throughout the year. Uh, I like to save them for a special day, Jared. And that might make me a, a nerd. Or a dork, I think uh, some people would say. A dingus? But, uh, a dingus? Yeah, a dingus is a good one. Um, I don't know. I think it, I space it out so I don't watch them too much and then makes it more special. So uh, I watched um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind mm-hmm. by my buddy Michel Gondry from 2004. Starring my main man, Jim Carrey. Starring my main dame, Kate Winslet. Uh... I don't I don't really have anything to say about this movie. Um I think it should be in the Criterion collection. Look at that. Mm. Bringing it back. Wow. Uh if uh, there was one movie I could put in there it would be this one. I, I could think th- I could see it happening. Um I can't yeah. remember, I can't remember what studio has that movie but uh I'd say that they would be interested in acquiring that. I think it's like Paramount or something but uh Well, if it's Paramount there's a very good chance that they want that enough. I don't know. It was like uh, don't it don't matter. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, um that's if I had to pick a favorite movie, I wouldn't. I would put like 5. But if I had to pick one, that would probably be the pick I would tell people. That's my uh my telling other people answer and not selfishly saying sister act even though that is what the real one is. Um I don't know, man. Uh you got Charlie Kaufman writing. It's the best thing Michel Gondry's ever done, and I don't think he's ever going to do anything better than that. Probably not. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Jim Carrey is really good in that movie. Kate Winslet is good. All the actors are good. My boy Tom Wilkinson is in there. He's pretty cool. Elijah uh, Wood. Elijah Wood and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's 
it's a very human story. Uh, I relate to it emotionally. I, I think a lot of people do, and that's that's why it's so. We're the people who like it. That's why they probably like it so much, is because it's relatable. Um, but I also I just really like the the uh, technique and the way that they go about telling the story. I mean, it's it's classic Charlie man. The the way that like once they actually get in there and he's kind of going through his memories and stuff like that. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, Jarrett. But this is why I didn't want to talk about this movie because I don't really I don't know how to articulate the way I feel about it. I just know that it makes me feel good. Yeah. And sad. <clears throat> and sad. And I it makes me feel good and sad and it's uh it's one of my faves. Yep. It's uh yeah, it's a really good movie. I'm uh glad yep. I got to see it in theater when it actually mm-hmm. came. Back when mm-hmm. this town would get movies of yeah. note. It seems like it doesn't happen too often. How do you Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. it's everything went right in that movie is what I, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and uh yeah. I think I remember, like, yeah, the first time I watched that, I I thought it was good, but it wasn't, like, I didn't love it as much as, like, being John Malkovich or even, like, mm-hmm. adaptation. And that was just, like, I sure. don't know. I was just, like, oh, I expected something else. And then, I, like, watching it again, I'm, like, oh, wait, no, this movie's really, really good. And then watching it again, oh, this movie's really, really, really good. So well made. Everything about it. Um, mm-hmm. It's because everything makes sense. All the characters are like you said, relatable. They're very real, even though it's like yep. they're they're movie stars and like yeah. they're like oh they don't look like everyday people in that movie. Like they're they're such fully realized people that uh, yep. yeah they're like you just like oh yeah this like I can you can put yourself into that space and uh, know like oh yeah life sucks mm-hmm. sometimes and pain's yeah. real and yeah what if you could erase those things and then you're then you're sad that you forget about those things mm-hmm. and what is it worth living those experiences that, that sort of thing yeah that's exactly what it is man mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's all that kind of stuff it's deep personal emotional feelings man Mm -hmm. um but it's it's like i talk about jim carrey all the time but like he's so fucking good in this movie and kate winslet too they're so good together jared and there's so much there's just i don't know it's when when they're going through the memories and things are like unraveling and the way that like uh they play around with how they show things and it's kind of like these um these cyclical things that kind of go in patterns and like they can't get out of stuff i like it i dig it man it's it's uh it's a cool movie (laughs) yeah no and just like i'm just i'm just remembering the movie too because like one of the things that i remember after this movie had come out there was like the whole talk of manic or uh the manic pixie dream girl and that's like kind of gets thrown and that gets thrown this movie's way quite a bit and like i I don't think i mean there's definitely movies that follow that path and this like Mm -hmm. the character kind of falls in that the way that like real women get classified into that when Mm -hmm. people say oh they're just like this and this and this but it's like no they're people are people and are fully like they have actual experiences in real life behind them and this movie it goes into that i guess more than like you would be able to just haphazardly write it off even though she's got crazy dyed hair and and dresses like she goes to thrift stores and stuff like that it's like yeah lots of people do that (laughs) yeah no it's it's just very it's like i think everyone knows a person like that but uh i was gonna say i just remembered something um i think because i've seen this movie like tons of times uh but even watching it again now there there's like little details that i pick up like so when when they're like trying to 
outrun like the memory yep. guys like erasing all the memories and like they're in different memories and things are just kind of like deteriorate deteriorating uh I, there's one scene I, I never noticed before and i don't know if i just wasn't paying attention but like she's drinking out of a mug with her picture on it and then like as things in the room are like s- s- things in the room slowly disappear and then like her picture goes away from the mug like just in in the shot and it's things like that i was like those are nice little details that they throw in there they're crossing all the T's, man. They're dotting all the I's. Yeah. I remember uh, I knew a guy, uh, my old boss, was a learning memory guy, and he likes this movie, but he doesn't like the science behind it because mm. apparently he knows the guys who are like consultants, and he said they were full of shit. And uh, I told him countless times, I was like, I was like, it's just a movie, man. <laughs> just enjoy it. Just be happy it exists. That's right. Uh, it was Focus Features is the studio. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Um, I don't know. It's a. I think it's a perfect movie. I think it's very good, very nice. Yeah. And like I said, maybe when it gets added to the Criterion Collection, I'll I'll know how to articulate my feelings better and be able to talk about it. But if you don't like that movie, fuck you. How's that? <laughs> Sounds fine by me. Yeah. And then I watched a different movie. Yeah. I watched uh, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Have okay. you ever heard of such a movie? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm aware of the title. I, all I really know about it, though, is it's uh, a Ray Harryhausen effects movie, and that's yeah. about it. It's a Harryhausen jam. Uh, Ray Bradbury did some of the screen work for there. Uh, screen works. Some of the script work. Uh, this guy named Eugene Laurie made it, and he made a few other monster flicks. Like Gorgo, or Gorjo, whatever that is. Behemoth, the sea monster, and the Colossus of New York. Ooh. Mm. Uh, so this one, uh, from Letterboxd, as Jarrett likes to do, the tagline, it's alive. I feel like someone, other movie used that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, an atomic bomb test in the Arctic Circle unfreezes a, a hibernating fictional dinosaur. Why would they say fictional dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why would they say because it? it's not yeah. real because it's like not a real dinosaur that it has ever existed i guess it's they want to make it clear yeah but why do they need to state that like it's a movie okay anyways uh a fictional dinosaur or ridosaurus that begins to wreak havoc in new york city Maybe it's from a book i guess yeah, whatever it's a book dinosaur uh, uh, so this one came out in the 50s because I'm continuing my 50s sci-fi kick. Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts out pretty good. Um, it's, a, it's a slow movie, uh, and it's not a particularly interesting movie. Uh, not a ton happens. Uh, I do like the intro, though. It's cool because it's like all these guys, um, they're like Arctic uh, researchers. Um, and uh, they have the hugest fucking parkas. They're just gigant like one guy's head it looks like a little pea and it's just surrounded in fur and uh, i think that's really funny um and there's what the fu- uh, i should have written it down they call the experiment like they're out there doing an experiment and it's like the title of it is like project experiment like that's the best that they could come up with was is like we're going out there to work on project experiment so i thought that was funny too um but i like the guys in the parkas and there's some cool stuff in the snow and uh, the monster is like basically a big iguana. It's like a big lizard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Harryhausen effects are awesome, like you would think. Uh, so this thing comes out. 
and then it leaves and some people see it but then no one believes the people who see it uh and that's about 80 percent of the movie um a scientist goes underwater to see if it's under there and it is and then the thing eats the scientist and that's cool i guess and then uh, in the last like 15 20 minutes it uh comes up to new york and just kind of storms the streets a little bit mm-hmm. you get some pretty cool scenes like some cool harry house and stuff with the beast like picking up cars and people in the cars and he's just like eating people and squishing people and that's cool uh the beast himself is kind of a chump he's not godzilla he's like getting hit by the uh the army with like guns and stuff and it hurts him so like he's not the most intimidating thing and then uh <laughs> he shows up to like coney island or something like a carnival and uh, you get a funny scene of two dudes in like hazmat suits going on a roller coaster with a um, nuclear uh, rocket launcher or something like that to shoot him. And uh, that's fun. But uh, then the movie just ends. They kill it. And uh, the credits roll on the dead body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. It's yeah. not great. Uh, it's not a bad movie or anything like that. It's just boring. <laughs> so out of all the 50s stuff I watched, it's, uh, it is the one I wouldn't recommend or it'd be the, at the bottom because it's like, there's not really much to well, it. Well, there's not even aliens. So there's not even aliens. It's just a, a fictional dinosaur apparently. So anyways, and then, um, that's it. But I did watch a lot of, uh, Spike Lee movies, so right. we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. What about you, bro? Well, uh, after we talked last, I started watching another Fritz Lang movie called American gorilla in the Philippines. It's a cool title. And yeah, it's very descriptive. Uh, mm-hmm. It's accurate. But uh, yeah, so I went into this not realizing that uh, Fritz Lang himself considers this his worst movie. And hmm. I understood immediately. So this movie's got like a weird, like, it was shot in the Philippines and it's like set during World War Two. So it's like after mm-hmm. the war has been done for like six years. Um, okay. And it's shot like, it's ugly. It's like a really, it's in color, but it's like a real, mm-hmm. it seems like really cheaply shot. So like, it seemed like they were using substandard film stock to make it. And like the mm-hmm. compositions and like the way, where the way everything's photographed looks bad and off and wrong. And like, there's no close ups and everything's kind of shot from a distance. Mm-hmm. And there's like this like horrible voiceover narration throughout the whole movie of just like describing, this is what happens next to this guy. And like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, I just actually gave up watching this movie because it was so boring and uninteresting. And like, I'm like, once I read like Fritz Lang hates this, I'm like, okay, well, I'm out. Like, I don't need this mm-hmm. in my life. Um, so this was on YouTube. And so I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'll continue avoiding this. Uh, and then I followed this up. I'm like, hey, I just saw that Godzilla Monster Planet, the first part oh. of the uh, net, well, and the Japanese anime. Uh, Netflix picked up mm-hmm. to distribute. It came out that that day, and I was like, "Cool, I like that Godzilla." I went into this. I, mm-hmm. I had no idea, nothing knew nothing about this other than it existed and uh, was being like it was subtitled, which was nice. Um, mm-hmm. So this is terrible. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't Go know. On. If, I don't know if I was in a cranky mood maybe that day and like nothing mm-hmm. was going to impress me because I just like had no attention to follow anything but I checked the time on this like maybe like 10 times like because mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how poorly paced it was um, so this is a Japanese big production that 
like it's Toho animation, so it's all official, and this is what mm-hmm. they're going for for this big story. But it's very generic uh, as far as like kind of these like gritty adult anime movies are that either it mm-hmm. works or it just feels super generic, like every other thing that does the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It starts off cold open with uh, a guy who's like going to. I don't even know what the fuck his goal is. He's like your your Shinji. You're like Aaron Jaeger. He's just like mm-hmm. your, he's your main dude who's like really smart and super athletic, and he knows everything. And he's preventing the old the old guard from like leaving the spaceship because all these people are stuck on the spaceship. They've been traveling for decades, and they all expect they're going to die. But before they die, they'd like to set foot mm-hmm. on ground and like go out that way. Um, and this guy's like, that's bullshit. You're a bunch of quitters. Uh, they get their way regardless. And their ship just like blows up while trying to enter this atmosphere of this planet, whatever. And this guy gets thrown into space jail. Uh, mm-hmm. and then we can continue on to like this, like montage. That's like really <laughs> has so much promise of like the movie I mm-hmm. wanted to see. It's set in this kind of time where, uh, earth at some point, point in the past had a monster attack invasion sort of thing happening where like it seemed like month after month a new monster would show up and earth would defend itself and like blow up mm-hmm. and they're like all the classic monsters that you know from the old godzilla shows and movies um and then godzilla shows up they can't do shit about godzilla godzilla winds up like taking out humanity and <laughs> they're like well this isn't going great some aliens show up uh, nice. who were like watching all this and they make some deal that like, well, we've got a super weapon that we think can take out this Godzilla, but you got to give up some of earth to us. Cause we're looking for a planet. Cause our planet's long dead. Earth's humans go. Okay. Uh, but before they can really uh, execute this plan, uh, they just get taken out by Godzilla. Everything gets screwed up. So they have to flee. Um, Godzilla, it just blows spaceships escaping earth out of the sky. So only, nice. only so a few people get out of there. Like, you know, thousands of people probably get away, but I don't know. Then, so they've now, so they're now they're in a spaceship and they're going to travel for years and years looking for another planet that's habitable for humans in this alien species that look like humans just with like funny years. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not going great. They're not finding any other planet. So they come up with this idea like, well, it's been like in theory, like 10,000 years since we left Mm -hmm. Earth and probably by now, (laughs) all those things that were killing us are dead. So let's go back. And because how did that work? uh, So part of the plan, of course, is that the young, the young, brilliant genius, young protagonist guy, he's he's got a plan to take out Godzilla Mm -hmm. if if they could execute it. So they go back, and it's all fogged over, and it's all covered with vegetation. Uh, They they send some drone probes down there that get like blown up by something that looks very Godzilla-like, and they're like, it can't be Godzilla; he'd be dead by now. He can't be ten thousand years old, but he sure is. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, they go down to earth and they're they're trying like it's absurd it's like just go to the other side of the planet that godzilla's not on it will mm-hmm. take him a long time to walk across the planet um so they're just like i guess like with this fog that blocks their instruments they don't know exactly where to land so oh by <laughs> chance they land near godzilla it's just it's so fucking dumb uh but that's like kind of par for the course with godzilla stuff their movies are for children at the end of the day so this sort of like adult anime approach kind of is absurd unless you're like you got to be really smart and think this thing through but like so they're trying to do it they're trying to they're trying to do both and 
Man, it really watching animated Godzilla makes you wish that you were seeing like I do in a rubber suit because there is such mm-hmm. a there's mm-hmm. such a charm that that brings to this material that instead having like really shitty looking CGI Godzilla and also like CGI flying monster dragon things, yeah, just awful, awful looking shit. So you recommend it? I don't. Um, I mean, if you're into Godzilla. Like watch it for yourself. Maybe you'll like it more mm-hmm. than me. Maybe, like I said, I was being a Krabby Pants, and I don't know. I just I, I know this Krabby is, Pants this, Duncan. This, this, this is an hour and a half. Uh, I, think uh-huh. I think there's gonna be like a second or like there might be two or three, like at least another part, probably three. It's gonna be a trilogy because you gotta make a trilogy, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know if I would ever bother watching another one of these. I guess I probably would because mm-hmm. I'm a glutton for punishment. But yeah, I did not think much of this. I mean. I'm I'm pretty I'm weirdly picky about Godzilla stuff, um, like outside of like the, the the original Godzilla. Uh, it, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, most of those movies aren't great. Like they're very boring for the most part, and then there's some really good scenes, and that's what you're watching them for. But it's like always like mm-hmm. oh this better like these better be way better. I think like even some of the latter ones are actually better than others. I have I have very unique. Mm-hmm views on Godzilla I think compared to other people but uh, I think this sucked uh, it's just like it seemed hmm. like and it's like it doesn't seem like it was from like lack of effort I think they just overthought things way too much in some regards um, the animation I hmm. guess looks good it's very contemporary um, which is like modern anime I'm not used to seeing uh, where it's like mm-hmm. almost like rotoscopy at times like it seems like it was CGI models and then they're putting like a animated cell over everything so it has like yeah. an off look to it that I, I could probably get used to if I watched more of it. Uh, the guys, there's two dudes who directed this. They've been done like a lot of like modern anime stuff that I haven't watched. And I mean, based on this, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't really want to go out of my way to watch any more of their stuff if it's like this. But I don't know. And it's just like that when it gets to the action, like what, when you, with the Godzilla movie, you get to like, oh shit, now the humans have to figure out how to take down Godzilla. It mm-hmm. is so monotonous, and it's like the same shit over and over and over and over and over again. You're introduced to characters. Mm-hmm. You don't know who anyone is. It's just like, oh, someone died dramatically, but it's like, who was that? Like, it's just mm-hmm. endless scenes of, like, nothing happening, and I don't know. It's a dud. It's a dud. But hey, I, it sounds like a good show. Well, you should watch it, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe you'll like it more than me, but I, uh, I don't know, man. Usually you are wrong. I usually do find error in your judgment, so... Yeah. Uh, how long is it? Hour and a half. Oh, I'll watch it. Okay, cool. Someday, uh, eventually. Some, someday, eventually. Yeah. I mean, I've seen yeah. every I've seen every Godzilla thing, so I guess like when they make more of these, I'll have to watch those too. I'll even have to watch that Godzilla versus King Kong uh, whenever that comes out. That great movie from uh, all those great uh, filmmakers. Oh, what's his name? Isn't it um, Adam Michael Wing- Dodd or... or Adam Wingard? I thought was going to direct something too. Uh, okay, I'm a little confused. I think Adam Wingard is directing one of them, and he sucks. Uh, but I think also the dude who did Trick or Treat. Oh, Michael Doherty, eh? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'll start talking about my next movie. Uh, Michael Doherty is doing Godzilla King of the Monsters. Okay. Which is 2019. But I believe there is another one coming out, like... Not long after that, by Adam Wingard. Okay, um, that's what I thought. That's and that's the Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Michael uh, Dougherty or Dougherty, whatever his name is, he's doing the next Godzilla, and it's gonna have Mothra and uh, Rodan and Ghidorah and all them in 2019, and then after that will be Godzilla <sighs> Kong by Adam what Wingard. Is, I just man, this trend of getting 
dudes who make these small successful genre movies and getting them to make these like big budget movies i just don't get it because it's like ryan well, johnson that's... doing star wars uh adam wingard doing a, like a fucking godzilla king kong movie is ridiculous i mean i don't even know like he, the guest is his best movie yeah and like, like your, your, I... your next is okay um, I think your next is all right, and yep. uh, the guest is good. But I honestly, I don't think he's very a good director. He's got two good movies, and then everything like else 10? is like, well, I don't even think he's got that many. But like, a Death Note was a, a big piece of poop. Death and, Note, uh, uh, Blair Witch. Oh. <laughs> uh, his segments in VHS were always fucking bad. Uh, and then yeah, just a bunch of short films. So yeah. you're next, and. Um, uh, the guest. He has two good movies, and he has like five bad movies. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and then, and then you have like Michael Doherty, who's like, "Oh, I've directed Trick or Treat and Krampus. <laughs> hey, you're only direct a Godzilla movie. I guess like I don't know. There's nothing like you need to do to make a Godzilla movie. You watch those original mm-hmm. movies, and it's just like, oh, it's just it's just scenes of people chatting yeah. for a long periods of time, and then you get like, All right, rubber suit man, walk around between these buildings, <laughs> and mm-hmm. like that's like the art of it, but. Uh, when you're working with like Hollywood scale disaster movies, it's like, Oh, I guess like someone has to graduate to that level to make those types of movies. I guess it, it, I wouldn't rule out those guys, but it's like, Oh, like your strengths are like working at smaller scales than that. And they should have just know. got Michael Bay. Oh, well, yeah. Disaster artist, Michael Bay. Why not? I don't know where those people, I guess it's like the same thing with, um, what's his name? Justin him the guy like who started doing fast and yeah. the furious movies he kind of graduated to that that type of movie making too as, oh yeah as did uh james wan i mean he's he, he started yeah. he started out small too and then you build up mm-hmm. spielberg but i mean like i guess like in my mind i think of like a, a spielberg i mean he had a long de- a couple decades where he ramped up to like i mean ready player one jaws to like through the indiana jones movies to like a jurassic park like there was yeah. like a kind of a, a scale like because those movies like those big 80s movies like they were like relatively like their adventure movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. that just like were they came they became ambitious and then Jurassic Park was like a whole different level of like technical stuff but still probably if you broke that movie down it would probably be a lot more simple than mm-hmm. some of these other things where it's just like okay uh, we're going to imagine that we're looking at these things and then we're going to fill in the blanks with uh, CGI and green screens and stuff like that <laughs> where you don't even know what the movie looks like till it's done hooray you know what movie doesn't have any of that though <laughs> what your the hunter from the future <laughs> mm. which I uh, watched this weekend uh, so this number uh, my friend Corey he got this as a blind buy on blu-ray it just got a fucking like 35th anniversary Blu-ray mm-hmm. edition of it from Mill Creek. Uh, I didn't really know anything about this uh, when we watched it, other than I saw the cover, I laughed, and I laughed at the title and went, yeah, let's watch mm-hmm. that. I, we know what we're signing up for. And yeah, it was exactly that type of movie. Uh, it's an Ita- it's like not even like a real movie. What it is, it's a compilation of a Italian-Turkish four-episode miniseries from like hmm. the early 80s that they then recut into a 90-minute movie. Because, like, Mm -hmm. this movie definitely feels like that because the climax of the movie happens in the first 20 minutes, and then there's another climax 20 minutes later, and then another. And it's like, oh, that explains everything. Isn't that what people want is multiple climaxes? Uh, Yes, RJ. Some do, (laughs) some don't. See. That that's a real Jarrett joke, real off uh, off 
camera Jared joke where he he says dirty, gross things that make everyone uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So this movie has this like ripped dude running around. How ripped? How he's, ripped? Oh, he's he's pretty athletic. He's not muscle bound, but he is. Uh, he, On he, a scale between Chris Benoit and Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> where where does he fit? Uh I don't know. I I think I'd come up with different parameters than that. But uh Is he like between uh a, a murderer and the governor of California? Yeah. Hmm. Just... Wait, wait, what's what's weird about that? <laughs> I don't know. He's like in a I I think in terms of quadrants, I guess. I don't know. He's, he's like, I'm going to look into it. You keep talking about whatever what, this is. Red Brown is that his name? Yeah, that's his name, Red Brown. Uh, uh he okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's definitely like not um Yep, he's a person. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> okay, keep going. So he's just like so we opens up with him like saving some like cave people from a a stegosaurus mm-hmm. or tri- sorry, a triceratops. Uh that's the first like and speaking of Jurassic Park, I was like watching this and I'm like, man, I don't really watch a lot of movies with dinosaurs, let alone practical effects dinosaurs. So this thing is like janky as all hell. He kills that thing. And then he just like adventures around. This chick starts hanging out with him. He meets up with uh my main man, Peg, who's this like droopy old dude running who's like got like the shoulder strap kind of loincloth look going on. And he's got mm-hmm. a bow and arrow and he like mm-hmm. somehow doesn't die at all through the runtime of this movie, which is cool. He just kills people and does heroic things. In fact, he might even do more heroic things than old Yor. Really? You think so, eh? Yeah, Peg's cool. Uh Luciano Pagazzi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like he's got some pretty cool movies under his belt. Yeah, he's, got, yeah, he's worked on, uh, who was it, Mario Bava? Yeah, it looks like Bava. Yeah. Looks like, uh, you know, all sorts of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some other people in it. So the the big, tw- this is based on like a Italian graphic novel, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the movie is just like this, yeah. You think this movie is set in the Stone Age, but it turns out it's actually like a post-apocalypse, RJ. So it's kind of like a Planet Ooh. of the Apes thing. It's like just a mishmash of like all your kind of uh, genre-y 70s mm-hmm. adventure stuff. There's robots. There's some like real uh, Star Wars knockoff looking robots in this. Like they're just like wearing Darth, Hel- Darth Vader helmets almost. Um, they they do mm-hmm. jack shit. There are some pretty ballsy uh, effect sequences where they literally use action figures um, on a set, mm. <laughs> which is like I've, I don't think I've seen that happen too much in like a serious movie where they actually use action figures. Uh, is but, it cool? Yeah, I cheered. We we cheered. We were like, "That's nice. awesome. That's that's balls." Uh, mm-hmm. So that was good. Uh, yeah, this movie's like bad and probably way too long and doesn't really go anywhere and it's not exciting it doesn't draw you into the mm-hmm. action but that all being said it's not terrible some people might be like yeah. they watch this they go oh it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen and i'm like well yeah i mean if you just watch um movies all like once in a while this pr- movie is probably pretty bad but when you're watching tons of movies it's got some charm to it uh mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, like i would never like say hey rg you should t- definitely check out your the hunter from the future i, I would never tell you that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good friend but if, if you're wanting to well, watch a, if you want to watch a piece of poop a piece of shit for fun this movie would rank on that list i think that would be on that list of like you should get to that sometime the uh the poster makes it look like uh it has flying saucers on that is this an alien movie no it's not 
Oh, definitely not. Four part mini series. Yeah. How long is this thing? It's only an hour and a half, but you no, know, it's edited down. <laughs> it's like a, it's an was it OAV OVA? Like when they would take anime series and condense them down. That's kind of like that, but with live action. It's really I, off, and uh, the, it's just like you get introduced to like women. Like these, like, just, like, this guy has his girl, mm-hmm. and this girl really is into him. And then they go to another village, and it's like, oh, like, oh, here's the rock village. Oh, here's the one that's by the beach. Here's the one that's like at the like the fire people's one. Uh, and he always meets a chick at each one of those, and then they, mm-hmm. they start falling for him, and then they die. <laughs> so it's like in this movie, it's like it has an episodic feel to it. Um, I see. It's, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the uh, letterbox uh, description is quite good. It says, in prehistoric times, the muscular yore, and then in brackets, Reb Brown in a loincloth, because mm-hmm. they need to state Stress. that. Yep. Uh, and then says, saves his cave babe from a dinosaur just before they get zapped into the future to battle bad guys <laughs> in a familiar, desolate wasteland. So uh, whoever wrote this description, they knew what this movie was about. Yeah, they knew the score. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Well, sounds all right, I guess. No. Yeah. Uh, and then for all the noir stuff I've been watching, uh, the one highlight was this one called Body and Soul. Uh, it's a boxer movie um, starring uh, a guy I'm starting to turn on to, John Garfield. He was also the star of the movie The Breaking Point that I talked about a couple weeks ago uh, that Criterion mm-hmm. put out. That movie was really, really good. Uh, this movie is just very good, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like your typical... Uh, rise and fall story about a boxer who's just trying to do well, impress his mom, uh, and try to like run around and dodge out on those like corrupt boxing promoters and mobsters who are trying to fix everything and control what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like the female, I guess, like the love, the what do you call it? The Love, love interest? Love, love what are you, int- yeah, what are love, you dumb? There we go. Love interest. I was just like, love lead? Come on. Love, the love lead? The lady lead? Uh, Peg? Uh, Lily Palmer. Uh-huh. She's awesome in this. She's really good. Um, and then, yeah, so that worked out great. Uh, the whole, mm-hmm. like, final sequence. So, like, the movie that, I think the reason this movie gets brought up at all nowadays is Scorsese talks about how he pretty well lifted the entire, like, boxing sequence from this movie and kind of used it again in uh, Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I mean, it's goofy boxing. Like most movie boxing is, it's, it's super unrealistic and it, it's made to be exciting for a movie. Well, imagine mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, no, this movie is like, it's got all the melodrama and all that stuff. I mean, if you like Rocky and boxing movies and stuff like that, I think this movie's better. I I think than Rocky, uh, come on now. Rocky is a, a pretty, Rocky, pretty good movie. Uh, Rocky one is pretty average. Don't. It's, yeah. Come on. It's for a, for When's a, the last time you watched that? I, I watched it for the first time like three, four years ago. You uh, fucking piece I, of I, shit. It was very, I, very I have okay. the Rocky set. As do uh, I. I'll lend it to you. No. Well, I, watch I, I, it again. I, no. <laughs> the, the best Rocky is Rocky 3. Yeah, Rocky 3 is great. Yeah. Rocky 3 is the best Rocky, but Rocky 1 is also nah. super good. It's it's Come uh, on. I don't know. Come on. Even compared to like other like movies from the seventies, it's super slow and kind Come of on. like nothing really happens in the boxing is so Come dumb. On. And two is just like oh, it's like more of the same. Come on. Three is awesome. Four is like four is awesome. No, four is bad. Four is awesome. Four, four, Come is, a, on. four is a really bad movie. Um, it's got uh, it's so you, it's got about eight minutes of uh, three in it though, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> just that's recycled. That, that, yeah, there's a lot of recycled footage. There's like 
like montages yeah. and flashbacks of things you just saw in the movie from earlier and it's got a robot butler no that movie's yeah. like the shits uh like yeah, there's like it's, I, it's yeah but it's bad like it's actually a bad movie um yeah five is like nowhere near as bad as people would say it is is uh, that the one with the kid yeah sage sage stallone uh that movie's like fine like it's not as shitty as people would claim it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, they're just Rocky movies, people. Uh, well, what was the name of like the kid that he was? Uh, Johnny, he was like training. Oh, John! It's like Johnny Bubblegum or something like that, something, isn't it? Not. Yeah, it's pretty close. Is it? No, it is Tommy Machine Gun. Tommy Machine Gun. Yeah. Tommy yeah. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that movie is like whatever, and then uh, Rocky Balboa is fine, good. Uh, I remember people lost their minds about that movie. But it's like okay, and Creed was good. Yeah. Um, Creed is good, yeah. Yeah, so, Creed Two is going to be good too, maybe. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the, the Rocky that, podcast. That's the Rocky podcast. Boxing, it's cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Violence is never cool, dude. Didn't you watch Do the Right Thing? Uh, I did. Hey, uh, you got any news, RJ? You want to share with us before we start talking about that movie? Uh, did you hear that there was going to be a Danny McBride Crocodile Dundee movie? And then, uh, and then they're like, oh no, it's just a joke. It's just for, uh, tourism for Australia. Uh, I bet it'll get enough buzz now. Maybe people will want it. Maybe. Anyways, uh, Oscar noms came out. I guess that's news. Yeah. We could could talk about that. I suppose I got, I got pulled up here. Those, those noms. Uh, all right. So dish buddy, what's your biggest snub? Uh, well, okay. Seriously, like two things that I was like, well, the highlights of the year for me were yeah. a killing of a sacred deer, zero yeah. nominations, uh, uh, yeah. and best actor, James Franco, shut uh, out, yeah. shut the fuck out. Uh, I'm yep. not sure when these votes would have come in for this, but I wonder if there was some sort of backlash post uh, Golden Globes and new accusations uh, that might have kept him out. Because inst- we have Denzel Washington as was Roman J- and Roman J. Israel Esquire. This movie that like no one fucking saw, nobody gives a shit about. But yeah. Denzel Washington gets it. And it's like what the fuck? Like it's the only nomination this movie got. And it's like, well, like, come on. Yeah, like, where did that... You know what I think is surprising? Why didn't they give uh, Doug Jones a nom instead of Denzel Washington? Since that movie got nominated in every single other category. Because mm-hmm. that's how the world works. Mm. You know what else? I, um, You were talking about something. I totally cut you off. But yeah, that's weird. Because I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is Roman J. Israel Esquire? I remember the movie poster. I remember being like, oh, there's your Denzel movie for the year. And the fact that like nobody gave a shit about it at all. And it's supposed to be mm. not very good either. And here it is. I'm sure he's the best part. It's like, yeah, maybe like have the best actor that was like actually in a movie well regarded. Like Unless a good like, movie. I've, I've heard nothing specific about that performance. Um, and doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't even look like Denzel Washington wears like one of his patented like oversized shirts. Oh, well, that's fucking lame. Yeah. If he's not in a Hawaiian shirt with a Kangol hat, then I don't want to watch it. All right? <laughs> you know what? Uh, so I but, think... But you, big... know you know what's also bullshit? Okay, yeah. To go back to the yeah. thing with Doug jo- so Doug Jones uh, yeah. in uh, Fishman. Uh, so it's like, oh, because it's all in prosthetics and it's not really a performance. It's like, oh, contraire, Mr. fucking Gary Oldman is Winston Churchill <laughs> b- b- buried under fucking a fucking prosthetic suit. It's like, how, what's, no, the di- no what's, the, what's the difference? Oh, because yeah. oh, it's such a, it's so accurate. It's like, 
Yeah, so it's like so if it's an imitation or whatever, it's like, well, you can't say that about uh, James Franco too. Then it's like, I don't know, it's 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 bullshit to me. It's like, I mean, of all the, like the performances, like you have like, oh, Steve Carell in that Foxcatcher movie, that was like, oh, yeah. that was such a piece, bad, 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 fucking Boring. nomination. It's like that sucked. That movie yeah. is so. Ugh, poor like it is not bad but poor <laughs> and yeah. uh and he got nominated it's like so what is this what is the game at a foot here i mm-hmm. don't know uh so yeah anyway best pictures da, 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 darkest hour because whatever who gives a shit yeah. um dunkirk is probably of the movies i've seen the best on this list mm-hmm. i am maybe an outlier uh get out is just you you forgot cool. one if you're going in alphabetical order. Well, no, I'm going back. So, yeah, Call Me By okay. Your Name, I don't know anything about. Uh, I don't really, gotcha. I don't care about it all that much. Um, I, there's the MK Rhodes has a really good uh, review of this movie. Just talking about how it's like, oh, it's this year's gay movie. And mm. um, gay nice. relationships are a mystical, sacred, real thing. And it's not just a movie about an older dude fucking a dumb teenage boy. Nice. Um, I'm like, yep, that sounds exactly what I expected. And no thanks. Uh, and I, that Timothy Shalmint fucking loser can go fucking hang him. And his, I don't even know who that is. Uh, God, he's, yeah, that, that, that kid. So he, uh, that goes to the Woody Allen thing that everyone, now everyone hates Woody Allen, even though all these people are in, oh. his, they're all in movies with him. And now they're like, oh, now I'm going to give all my money away because it's not cool to be in Woody Allen movies. I'm like, well, what did mm-hmm. you sign up for? And so it's like that, that dude sucks. He was in Lady mm-hmm. Bird as well. Um, uh, so yeah, Darkest Hour, <laughs> Dunkirk. Uh, it's good. I, I don't know. If it won Best Picture, I'd be kind of like. Uh, I'd be a little surprised. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't have that vibe to it, but it's like pod, pod, podgy enough, I guess, that yeah. it might appeal. Uh, Get Out. It's night. It's I don't know. <laughs> we all we all know what the score is. I guess we know yeah. we we know what's happening here. Uh, Lady Bird. So this is the thing. So we have Get Out and Lady Bird, both nominated yeah. for Best Picture, and they both mm-hmm. and both. Uh, um, uh, Greta Gerwig and uh, Jordan Peele got nominated, both first-time directors or s- solo directors, I guess, mm-hmm. on a project, and they got nominated. And I'm like, oh, you know, the worst thing you can do is be that this encouraging th- to people yeah. the first time out because now you're telling them like, there's no room for improvement. This is the like, this is so amazing, and it's like then it's not, there's no room to get better. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's just crazy that's like all these directors that never got nominations and these people are getting nominations like right off the bat. <laughs> and Chris Nolan's first fucking nomination. Yeah, and, and this for like one of his like just okay like I guess his yeah. above average movies. He's um, got at least four movies that are miles ahead of this. Sure, and uh, they're not getting nominated because they're not serious movies yeah. like this one, which is about war. RJ, yeah. uh, Phantom Thread, which I have not had the opportunity to see myself yet. Um, I'm hoping that it comes to not town yet. one day. I will see uh-huh. it. Uh, I mean. My feeling, like, I think P.T. Anderson's directed some of the best movies ever made, but mm-hmm. uh, his last two movies have been meh, and particularly Inherent Vices, ugh. What and was his other one that was meh? The Master. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Master's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but yep. it's, like, compared to, like, his previous five movies, it's kind of like, yeah. Eh. I think he's stored enough credit that uh, I'm hoping he'll be okay. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, the Post, who cares? Uh, who I'd cares? Actually, I honestly yeah. didn't even register that that movie had actually been nominated for Best Picture. That's just ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. Shape of Water, that's uh, something. Um, yep. That's a surprise. Yep. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, there's some people who think this will 
actually could clean up, Win. I would be shocked if that happened. <laughs> and then we have that three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I don't know if we've talked about on this show very much. But, nope. Uh, so dude who uh, wrote and directed this thing, is it Martin McDonough, the Irish <laughs> dude? Uh, I think he's not good at anything. And uh, okay. this movie looks really annoying and mm-hmm. unfunny and dumb. And uh, it sounds like the perfect Oscar movie in some ways because it, it tackles race in this, like, really clunky, horrible, bad way, which is a fitting thing to be talking about on this podcast uh, for this episode mm-hmm. uh, and how you could handle these things in a good way or a bad way. Yeah. And let's see here. Actors in a leading role. Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. He probably is the best part of Get Out. Um, you know what? I was thinking about this. I don't think that guy's a good actor. No. Man. No, so I when we watched Get Out, and people can listen to that ep- yeah. episode, I think I liked the movie more than you did. Yep. Uh, so I, I like Get Out. I think it's really good. Uh, I don't think that guy's a good actor. He's really stale, and he's just always kind of like got this like dumb look on his face. He's like, huh? Oh. What? Like, I feel like he's always just kind of like looking around I, like, huh? I do remember you saying this. I don't know if we actually, when we, when, we, when we talked about Get Out, I don't know if you actually brought it up on the show, but I remember you in the car, you were talking about that, yeah. and I was kind of like, I don't know. It's like the it's only the, it's other the character. Thing, it's like a low yeah. key kind of thing, and people well, aren't like actor actors. Like he was like he played it pretty yeah. naturally, which I mean, so he, I, he plays I it often like that. Yeah, yeah, I considered that too. The only other thing I've seen this guy in is that uh, Black Mirror episode from way like way back. Yep, the uh, Ray ba- Bradbury esque one, um, and in that he's really like kind of flat too, because like he never. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't emote like you can never tell what's going on with his face. Like, I don't know if that's just in those very two specific things that I watched him in. Mm. That's what the character is. And it's like, Hey man, maybe this guy's fucking nailing it. But (laughs) other than that, I was just like, I don't know. I don't think I like it out. I think it's a good movie. It's cool. It got nominated for all this stuff, but I don't think that actor is very good. Hmm. So anyways, maybe that's just me. So I'm really surprised. So Willem Dafoe, did get a uh, actor supporting role nod for Florida Project, and yet Florida Project didn't really get any other love, I don't think, which is hmm. surprising because that movie seems to be really well regarded and other things. And there's some movies that, like, I'd be like, no, nah, that doesn't need to be talked about. And yeah. here we are. Hey, um, yeah. Hey, you know what's funny? Hmm. Christopher Plummer got nominated for best supporting actor. <laughs> Do you think that's just because yes. of how he was? Re- yes. Kate. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, continue. Agendas. <laughs> they're they 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 they're checking boxes, they RJ. Know. That's what the Oscars yep. are all about. Watching the the the, plat- uh-huh. the watching the platform. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Animated features. Oh good, boss baby. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Was there literally honestly nothing better that they could have put there? I don't who that, that's like a, such a garbage. It's they already know who they're going to give it to. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, oh, cinematography. So, one of the few uh, nods that Blade Runner twenty forty nine got. Yeah. 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 Um. Whatever. Hey, uh, I don't know. I I'm not a fan of it. I think. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't dislike the movie. I think there's movies got a lot of problems that people either it doesn't bug them as much as it does me. Um. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. But yeah, some people think it's, it was one of the best movies of the year. But I'm like, well, that's sometimes the problem with being a sci-fi sequel. Like, because mm-hmm. Arrival got a nomination last year, it and did. Uh, that's that's because it's an original thing. But you don't really often you're not going to see you know sequels pop up that often. I think mm-hmm. ever in the Oscars. Um, yep. 
I think other than like I think Toy Story three comes to mind as a sequel. Yeah, I guess. But Toy oh, Story and like... uh, Lord of the Rings three did uh, in uh... fact win, so pr- proved myself wrong. Proved yourself uh, wrong, you fucking loser. Uh, wow. Hey, what, what's this? The Big Sick. I didn't realize that got nominated for, for best uh, for screenplay. screenplay. Yes. Huh. 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 You liked The Big Sick. Uh, I did like it, but I think I've mentioned before that Kumal Nanjiani. Uh, I used to really like him, but I'm starting to dislike him because I feel like he's kind of a dink. <laughs> so uh, I feel like this is gonna give him too much, like too much zest, and he's gonna really dink out. Oh, so man. maybe Greta Gerwig will win that one. Uh, that seems to be the one that the, everyone thinks she will definitely win because she's probably not going to okay. win anything else. Hey, uh, your favorite movie, Baby Driver, got nominated for editing and uh, all the sound things. Hey, I do remember uh, at the time saying that that movie was so well edited. <laughs> That's like yeah. the like, it, like how uh, good a filmmaker Edgar Wright is. I think his like yeah. like that movie's like really well told. I just think it's a bad movie. <laughs> Which right. is uh, another discussion. Anyways, that's uh, that's enough Oscar talk. I think that's all I have to say. I'm doing a run through sure. of it. Uh, got any pot predictions or just because oh yeah, because you do do Oscar things. Yeah, uh, I I won the pool last yeah. year. Remember? Yeah. Uh, it was a split pot though, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't as hot. I don't know. I uh, I usually wait until the day of to fill out my my sheet. Um, I'll try to watch as many of these as I can first, and then I'll mm-hmm. try to make an enlightened opinion. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's my prediction? Uh, the Dark Knight <laughs> will be – they'll retroactively take away that Oscar for um, Slumdog Millionaire and give it to The oh. Dark Knight. <laughs> that movie's so stupid. Uh, that movie is so uh, – again, that's that was uh, some pandering. Nobody even remembers that movie except for people who, uh, like me and my friend, who just say Jai Ho to each other. It's the only thing that anyone even remembers. Yeah. Well, I, I did get brought up. Uh, there was like that one stupid letterbox list about um, about like female directors because like the movie was like apparently co-directed by a, a woman with Danny Boyle. Sure. And that, that's the only reason like it got brought up recently because people are oh a movie was directed by a dude and it's like well apparently it was actually also directed by this woman but I don't know if she gets credited for it. It's mm-hmm. like, so that's it. That's the conversation where Slumdog Millionaire exists and people go man remember when that movie won? Talk about how short sighted the Oscars are. And every mm-hmm. year we all forget hey the Oscars are are dumb at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, they they're, are. They're, dumb. they're they're about selling movies. Um, I did see a funny mm-hmm. little thing about uh someone tweeted about how like they were complaining about people complaining about the Oscars and talking about how the system works. And they said that like, they were like actors. They were an actor at one point in their life and they, uh, they haven't acted for years, but they still get shit sent to them. They get screeners. Mm -hmm. And I guess like the amount of crap they've gotten for that three billboards movie is ridiculous. It's very, uh, cause it was like last year, was it last year, the year before the Revenant, uh, Mm -hmm. where it was like the beat down. it. It was just so much, so much stuff was mailed out to promote that because mm-hmm. that movie had to win. It, it, so they just went hard. And that's what this is all about. It's about mm-hmm. getting that sticker on your movie saying it was best picture because you will sell copies and get people to watch your movie forever and ever and ever. Yep. Like, I mean, next month I will be watching the, like, whatever, 18 best picture winners I've never seen uh, to, like, finish off my list. So I'm a sucker. Chicago? I have to watch Chicago too. I haven't seen nice. it. So I got to watch it. Uh, I've got it all lined up. It's happening. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to go. There's some real doozies in there that I'm just like, yelp. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that movie now. I'm gonna watch The Last Emperor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, uh, including a movie that uh, won Best Picture the same year that Do the Right Thing came out in 1989, <gasps> Driving Miss Daisy, <laughs> nice. <laughs> which you couldn't get probably more the opposite uh, worldview from. Mm-hmm. But I think it's time we talk about that movie. Probably should, hey? Yeah. So after the break, uh, we'll be doing the right thing by talking about doing the right thing. And You're do, better than that. And do the right thing. You're better. 1989. Once you told me you were going to love me, that it was meant to be and there's no other way. Then came someone, showed you more fun. We've had a good run, better think it over. Do the right thing, baby, do the right thing. Go with your heart and do the right thing. He's got a good line, shows you a good time. Did he change your mind? Yes, it's your Universal Pictures presents a new film from Spike Lee. Good morning, Miss Mother's sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says it's going to be hot as the devil. I've been here 25 years. LaSalle's famous pizzeria is here to stay. Trust me. Mookie, the last time I trusted you, we ended up with a son. I know you can't stand it. You can't stand it. Hey, hey, Sal, I'm going to put up on a wall here. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Get your own place, you can do what you want to do. What I tell you about that noise! What I tell you about them pictures! You talk some brother, talk to him. You the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. The first time you turn your back, boom! Ah! Right here, man, in the back. Y'all take a chill! You like to sign a petition to boycott Sal's famous pizzeria? Hear me, what you ought to do is boycott that no good barber that messed up your head. And that's the double truth. You know, deep down inside, I think you wish you were black. <laughs> Who told you to step on my sneakers? Who told you to walk on my side of the block? Who told you to be in my neighborhood? I own this brownstone. Who told you to buy a brownstone on my block in my neighborhood on my side of the street? I can't even hear myself think! From Spike Lee. Director of School Days, and she's gotta have it. Good people, please. If we don't stop this, we can stop it now. We're going to do something we're going to regret for the rest of our lives. Doctor. Come on, what? What? Always do the right thing. That's it? That's it. I got it. I'm gone. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about Do the Right Thing from 1989, directed by Spike Lee. The tagline for this movie 
It's the hottest day of the summer. You can do nothing. You can do something. Or you can, I guess, do the right thing. Uh, And (laughs) the synopsis from our good friends at Letterboxd. Mm. On the hottest day of the year on a street in the Bedford Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn. Come on. (laughs) Everyone's... That's stew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone's hate and bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence. That's it. Nice. Uh, that, that is all yeah. that is all you get. To the point. To the point. So, RJ, uh, mm-hmm. this here movie is one that I watched many years ago um, mm-hmm. as a blossoming cinephile, fan of film, uh, in the nineties, there's like, there's like, there's those names of directors that like kind of go beyond like, I don't know, everyone else. Like there's, there's mm-hmm. your Steven Spielberg's, your George Lucas's, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, and at that point in time, nineties, like probably one of the most famous film directors that probably people know his name more than have actually watched his movies is Spike mm-hmm. Lee. Um, so in my mind until I watched and I I want to say that this might have been the first Spike Lee movie I watched uh, back in like uh, 99, 2000 renting it on video um, mm-hmm. I just was like thought he was this like sh- little like black guy from New York who wore who like went to all the Knicks games <laughs> yeah like yeah there's like jokes like yeah him and like uh, Jack Nicholson didn't like each other because <laughs> they yeah. don't because they're all oh, Lakers and the Knicks and like they're they're, they're, they're like super basketball fans um, yeah. and he was very opinionated uh, that that mm-hmm. that has that that's pretty well true to this day um, yep. but like and he's like oh he makes movies about racism and everything's about race mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the joke is like uh, he's a very political minded guy. People don't like maybe politics in their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was kind of like my sense of who this Spike Lee guy was before watching his movies. So then I watched do the right thing. And at, from that point on, I've seen like, I don't know what a, maybe even a, just a quarter of his movies. Cause he's actually really prolific, but he's got he, a lot of stuff. He's man. directed a lot of movies. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it more as we go along, but like his, like in some ways he is the, black Oliver Stone and I mean that in the sense that he's he's, he's a guy that had a heyday where he was like Mm -hmm. a big name and like he couldn't do no wrong he even had like sort of like a a mainstream presence uh, for a brief Mm -hmm. window of time but people don't like be, to be told how to live their lives. People don't like to uh, hear about politics. They don't like celebrities and famous people talking about politics. And a backlash starts setting in. And then when you start when you start making movies that nobody really likes anymore, and they become yeah. like mediocre, you start losing that too. And then people stop going to your movies and start talking about you because you're not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about a movie here, Do the Right Thing, of when yeah. Spike Lee was relevant and, like, probably at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is, like, probably the thir- at least the third or fourth time I've seen Do the Right Thing. It's been a while. Um, and I remember seeing this movie the first time ages and ages ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, like, I've always, like, thought really highly of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And... Actually, like again, one of the other reasons I probably watched this movie back in the days because it was part of the Criterion Collection. Uh, the right. DVD, the DVD cover for this is really nice. It gets this like kind of golden orange, black. It's like black and gold kind of cover. Mm-hmm. It really stands out. 
Because, um, like, the VHS cover and, like, if you got the Blu-ray of this, like, that Universal put out, it looks very, like, late 80s New 80s. York graffiti pastel colors. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of an eyesore, but it's, like, of that time. Like, it's quite an accurate look, I guess, that poster. But I've always, like, thought the Criterion cover was really nice. And mm-hmm. uh, Roger Ebert uh, has this on his great movies list. And he's written, like, I think he wrote the Criterion Collections liner notes for it. Um he gave it four stars when it came out, when it screened at Con uh, back in, I guess, 89. Or mm-hmm. It might have been 88, depending on when it actually came out and got screened. Uh, and then he wrote about it again in 2000 when it came out, uh, when he put it on his great movies list. And, like, he's, mm-hmm. like, and actually, I would I would say that it's, like, Ebert's best writing uh, of all the stuff I've read. This oh. is, like, he talks about this movie the best. Uh, like, I guess I was reading his essays again for it. I mean, they're all kind of, like repetitive because he's kind of restating things but i think he's got like one of the best handles on this movie um mm-hmm. uh, and yeah i this movie is like i think pretty amazing i think it's mm-hmm. like it, it 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 has aged really well mm-hmm. um and uh i don't know where else to go f- about it at this point other than like i like it quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. I got I got a thing to throw out there. Actually, watching it this time, I was really aware of how Fellini esque this movie is in a lot of ways. <laughs> hey, what do you mean? <laughs> no, so it's like kind of like how it's a story about like it's a stylized world. Uh, it's, yeah, it's hyper realistic. It's very cinematic. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot of vignettes. Uh, it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's it's not like so much like a nostalgia piece like Amarcord is, but there's like sort of this rhythm and flow of these characters kind of moving in and out of the story, and you just kind of pick up and jump in and stories like that. Um, yeah, it, it's not like a Fellini movie, but I'd say that like from like a style like how stylized it is, it is very like that. I would couch it more into that sort of filmmaking. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think there are like goals uh, in telling stories are very different. Um, yeah, but who, who do you, who do you think is more vignette-y, uh Spike Lee or Richard Linklater? Uh, it depends on the movie, I guess. I mean, like you're, th- I guess you're thinking of like Days and Confused. I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean that is like, it's like they, they would be a good the, double feature though. Those two. Yeah, yeah, I, I think even though they're they're very different, right? Well, one is like suburban white guy in Texas, <laughs> and this is like, oh, this movie's about yeah. like. <laughs> the, well, the you see all, all in, uh, you New see York. like two two different sides of America. Very it's a big place. Very different, and uh, yeah, it's a big place. Well, one day we will talk about Days and Confused. Uh, I know, and we'll sl- get there. Then. One day, yeah, we'll get there. You know, okay, yeah. keep going. So anyway, so yeah, uh, I think yeah, this Don't movie's. Yeah, Fellini. Uh, yeah, like that's like that came to my mind watching it. Just um, the colors at times are like super, like crazy intense. <laughs> like, yeah. like there's like with the three guys on the curb just sitting around mm-hmm. talking with that red background. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 extreme colors of like the morning and stuff like that. They're like that real like orange to like sky and then it turns to blue and then it turns to dark like it's it has like a like a, a progression over the course of that day uh and it's it, has, mm-hmm. it seems like everything's very color coded i guess for like and it's just like it doesn't serve any other purpose other than like to me uh about the experience of watching a movie because the movie is very it's very movie it's like kind of like a lot of the tricks that he does in this movie he winds up reusing again like uh mm-hmm. in malcolm x like uh, there's like the shots of like uh, of Mookie's eyes and uh, John Turturro's eyes, like Pino's mm-hmm. eyes, like the slow motion burn. Like that's something that like Spike Lee goes back to over and over again for like a lot of his career. 
Um, and or just like the the that the scene where it's like all the the characters go through their like racial epithets and like they just go into the cutting their promos with the zoom in mm-hmm. like that is completely reenacted again in Twenty Fifth Hour like it's the exact same thing which is why I always like like Twenty Fifth Hour is like one of his most well regarded movies and it mm-hmm. just like it's like that scene always takes me right out because I'm like let's just do the right thing again like he's just to- like full on plagiarizing himself it's such a yeah. strange th- bit to like do again and it's new. Year York, but it's like a movie for like a complete. It's it was him making a movie for like a a wider audience. He, yeah, he does that in uh, a similar, very similar thing, and she's got to have it as well, well. I was gonna say that like you, uh, you, you watched some Spike Lee movies on top of this, so that it's a lot. Yeah. His other movies are way fresher in your mind than they yeah. are in mine because this is the first Spike Lee movie I've watched forever. Um, yeah. But yeah, like there's like stuff I remember because I bought there, there was like a Spike Lee collection that I bought. It's got like Clockers, um, mm-hmm. uh, Jungle Fever, Mo Money, Mo Blues, uh, and it's like I haven't watched a lot of this stuff for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But like I think people kind of forget how good Spike Lee was um, mm-hmm. or could be, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I think this movie's like pretty pretty awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious because this is a first time watch for you. What did you think of Do the Right Thing, RJ? This was a first time watch for me. Uh, so I guess you said the long awaited, uh, much anticipation for Do the Right Thing because mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about it a long time. Because it, I think it does kind of stand out within the first 100 uh, for the criterion. Um, especially like even just look at the poster, it stands out. It's like that's different from a lot of the other movies that are in there so far. So, anyways, uh, Spike Lee. I mean, um, how many how many Criterion collections can say they have Martin Lawrence in them? Well, at least one. <laughs> at least one. Uh, so, Spike Lee, I always knew, kind of like you did, through reputation almost. Yeah. Because uh, he is a prolific celebrity, basically. He's always at those Nick games. He's hanging out. He's speaking out. He's doing his thing. So I knew Spike Lee. The uh, two movies I had seen of his before anything else uh, were He Got Game and uh, Summer of Sam. Those were the two movies that like that's what I knew Spike Lee for. And which is like almost like He Got Game, I think, is very Spike Lee. Uh, Summer of Sam, it's been a while since I've seen it. But uh, I didn't even know that was Spike Lee. After I'd seen it like two, three times, and then I saw that Spike Lee made it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that's like a that's kind of an odd move. Well, he was like, make, he was making stuff like because uh, yeah, it's part it of his of, New York thing, right? Yeah, or for sure. yeah, yeah. And it's like that came out. It was like a weird window of time because I'd be curious to read up more about that movie because that's like a movie that I wish was yeah. better than it was because like I yeah. I, I love serial killer stuff and like I'm always like, oh, that movie could be so good and like. During that window of the late '90s, we had that the '70s nostalgia happening, and so like everybody was like making movies about disco and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this movie like had John Leguizamo. I can't remember that, and um, yeah, uh, the one character actor who's like uh, who actually plays um, Sam. So, yeah, or well, no, Sam Berkowitz. Sam Berkowitz. Yeah, David Berkowitz. Not, not David not, Berkowitz. Not, not, not the dog. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's Michael Badalucci yes, from. Leon and Raging Bull and Old Brother, Miller's Crossing. Yep, lots of shit. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the practice, I believe he was on as well. That's what I would, yeah. Uh, Anyway, continue. Uh, Yeah, so I was going to say, it's funny you say that about Summer Sam because that came out in 99. And I think I watched it in 2000, like it was on Showtime or something like that. 
So I would have been like fucking 10 years old. Yeah, I was going to say you were 10. I watched a lot of these movies. Like even He Got Game, whenever that came out, uh, that would have been when I watched it was like a year, 98. So I watched them like a couple years later, whenever they would have popped up on Showtime. So I was young. Uh, I remember when I was younger and I watched Summer of Sam, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was like really good. And then when I got older, I watched it again. I was like, this isn't as good as I thought it was. I was like, I wish it was kind of a better movie. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, I remembered it as being like zodiac and then i watched it again i was like oh no this isn't uh no. i was like no no this isn't up on those well, levels especially but. now like yeah post zodiac man summer yeah. sounds probably even not not was even worse yeah well i have it but you missed oh, your I, chance I, 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 was, I, I, I have it too <laughs> i was gonna say i would lend it to you but anyways so those that's where i knew spike lee from and uh i've heard a lot about do the right thing uh i just never watched it because and especially after we started doing the show all, all that time ago, I was like, oh, yeah, that's like getting close to 100. It's like uh, that'll be a a benchmark for us. It's like once we hit do the right thing, it'll be mm-hmm. like we'll have been doing the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I was always like, I'll watch it then. Um, Andrea watched this with me mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we were watching it and I didn't take any notes. Uh, I have like one note or something. Yeah, uh, we both really enjoyed it. It uh um, it's it's a really great movie. It really is. Uh, it uh, it grabbed both of our attentions, uh, and we were just dialed in because there's so much to like about this, and so much to um, keep you interested. I guess like to keep your attention. Like you were saying, like the colors, uh, the characters, uh, just the way it's. Uh, Andrea described it really well, actually, and I didn't I didn't totally see it at first, but she's like, this is like a music video. The way this is shot, like the way he kind of goes things or he has a very um, he, he has very short scenes that like go into right into something else. Right. So like I, that sounds weird, but it's like uh, when the Puerto Ricans or whatever are sitting on the stoop, uh, it shows them they're all opening a beer and the music's playing and they're like, yeah, and then it'll cut to like uh, the boom box and then right. it'll cut back to. No. Yeah. And and then it'll cut back to like um not even that scene like before that like uh, standoff yeah uh, it shows the Puerto Ricans all drinking beer and Andrew's like this looks like a music video and then it would cut to like the boombox and then it would cut back to them like close up on the beer and it's 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 just very short fast like transitions right so it does kind of play out like that um but uh, no it's really good man uh, I liked it more than I thought I would not for any reason I was just like. I was like, I don't even know what that movie is about. I was like, yeah. it's Spike Lee, I guess. But it's like I was saying, the only things I've really seen of Spike Lee's before were He Got Game and Summer of Sam. I'm surprised. And, uh, See, I'm so surprised you haven't seen Inside Man. I know. Okay. I've seen Inside Man. Uh, he Got Game, Summer of Sam. That's where I, what I identify with Spike Lee. I've seen Inside Man, which I like a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, I've seen Malcolm X as well. Okay. Those, those are the only Spike Lee movies I had seen before. But He Got Game and Summer of Sam, I've seen a lot. And that's kind of how I knew him. Right. So I was like, all right. I, I was like, uh, I, it'll probably be something like that. Um, the colors in this movie are fantastic. And it's so very, like, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, just the way he shows kind of everything, like the neighborhoods and stuff like that. Uh, the characters, I think, like, uh, and this is kind of a mark in all of his movies. He has such, like expressive and like uh kind of like characters that really just open up but they totally they they all feel real in this like you have the mayor like the homeless guy he feels like a real character you have like the old dudes sitting outside like they feel real uh like the pizza guy um 
like they they all have their own like identity like personalities when you say and, pizza guy do you mean sal or uh sal okay sal. not not spike yeah. uh not well, both, both of them actually sal and mookie like no. they're they're such like um and uh this is like i'm i won't be able to help it i'll be talking about like all the other ones i watched this week too uh, the way he writes his characters it just seems like these are all like his life people he knew his friends and and because it's like the way the characters are written are so um realized i guess is the word people say like the characters just seem so like complete that it's like this had to have been a real person it's either this was a real person that he knew or he's like that good at writing characters that they it just feels like it was a real person that he knew i think it's a little bit of both I probably mean, yeah. yeah he he must be that good at writing characters yeah. um so anyways i really like this uh the only thing i didn't like about do the right thing is i don't know if it's is it called dutch angle is that what it is where it's like oh, yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah and then sideways he does that a lot in this movie and i was like Ugh. i was like i don't like that <laughs> so uh that that's just my own little thing i, I visual those scenes, flare <laughs> yeah those scenes really took me out of it i was like Ugh, i don't like those but uh i like sal i like mookie i like smiley uh he's cool uh all the characters are awesome and it's um i don't know it's kind of like what you said it's it seems it still seems like it, it holds up really well, even though it's like a twenty-year-old movie or however old this fucking movie is. Uh, and almost uh, thirty years. Almost thirty years old. <laughs> so thirty years old, and it's very, it's still relevant, and uh, it holds up. It doesn't because there's movies that were important thirty years ago, but you watch them now and you're like, ooh, like like Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> yeah, probably like Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, there's one line I really like this when uh, Demare is buying a beer at the korean store or whatever yeah those people yeah yes and um they they tell him to get a different beer and he's like at he's like you're asking a lot of a man to change his beer and i was like i was like i identify with you man relatable so i like that uh anyways what was i gonna say um there's a lot of uh so i was gonna say i watched a couple other spike lee movies i watched she's gotta have it and uh jungle fever so I, whenever we're done talking about do the right thing, I can talk about all the overlap between these movies. Because I picked She's Gotta Have It because it seems like it's uh, around the same era. And I was like, I feel like it would pair yeah. well with do yeah, the right thing. It was like three years earlier. And then Jungle Fever, was that his follow up? Jungle Fever is 91. Okay, so he directed Malcolm X in between. Did he? No, Malcolm X was 92. Okay, 92. Okay. So uh, here, I, I'm going to... That makes sense, because Malcolm X was like a big movie. <laughs> it was She's Gotta Have It, School Days, mm-hmm. Do the Right Thing, Mo Better, uh, uh, Blues, and then Jungle Fever. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't... we. Do you, you got you probably have more to say about do the right thing? Sure, right? I, sure I do. Sure I do. Uh some some notes here. So the one thing, so my progression with this movie over time is like the first time I watched it, there was definitely some stuff in it I did not like. Um, yep. One of those was Rosie Perez. Um, <laughs> don't be stupid. Oh my god. So I don't know that. Like Rosie Perez is this character growing up in the '90s. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. she's so annoying. And then like, so we get this like 
ridiculous uh, opening credit sequence of her dancing. And like, yeah. I don't mind it now as much, but I remember watching this back in the day and being like, this is just the most indulgent bullshit in the world. And it, yeah. and it, and it builds to her fucking doing these pelvic thrusts at his name, at his screen credit, when it says uh-huh. written and directed by Spike Lee, her her fucking pelvis is just fucking writing his name, just thrusting at it. And I was yeah. just like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> it's like, this is my design. Like, oh, it's so goofy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that didn't bug me as much this time. But it, it's, right. it, it's interesting now to see how something I watched after, like, it was 10 years after it had come out, it didn't feel right. But now... 30 years later, it's like, oh, no, that's just, like, it feels appropriate at the time. And then also, like, reading about Rosie Perez and, like, her whole history, it makes so much more sense. Like, how we're like, oh, she was a choreographer. Like, that was mm-hmm. her, like, business. Like, that's what she wound up doing. Like, this was, like, her first movie. Uh, and she just, like, kind of kept rolling with it. Um, and it's, like, why she was kind of this, like, weird figure of the 90s of, like, uh, Latino female representation, and it's like, oh, good, yeah. barky, annoying woman. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. that's that's good. That's a very enlightening uh, stereotype. Uh, great. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have the debut of Samuel L. Jackson uh, on that collection. A debut? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, what other Criterion Collection oh, movies okay. is he? I thought, I thought you were, for, for some reason, I thought you were, like, trying to say that was his first movie. I was going to no. make, what? Well, okay, if, you let yeah. me finish, if you finish listening to the sentence, RJ. No. Yeah. I no. don't listen so, to things. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, we get Samuel Jackson here. I'm not even sure if he's in anything else uh, in the collection coming up off the top of my head. But here he is, um, mm-hmm. Mr. DJ. Uh, yeah, and then we get introduced to Mookie, played by Mr. Spike Lee, which I think is an intentional choice considering yep. he kinds of i mean he's created this character that who's going to make the big momentous decision yeah. i guess of what this title is all about uh so he puts it on himself playing that character um i was going to ask you rj what did you think of the score oh the public enemy no well that's the, that's the the music the, some of the music the, 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 the actual score uh, uh i watched this 3 days ago and i'm having a hard time remembering it okay well so like the score, it's it's very uh, horn and like kind of jazz based, and I was wondering oh, okay. if you'd have yeah. like if you'd be like, oh, it's like Seinfeld or something like that. Because I was curious. Uh, I I, oh, I watching this movie, watching the movie again, I was like, oh man, I forgot about this score, and the score is really yeah. good, and it's actually done by his dad, uh, Bill Lee. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's like what you said. Uh, good like good scores, you don't even notice. Great scores, you're like, man, that was so good. And then bad scores, you're like, holy shit, that was bad. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is probably a good one because I don't, I didn't even remember it. So right. Yeah. Must uh, it did something right? Yeah. No, it's a. I yeah, it's a. It's actually a really great score. Um, and then uh, Johnny, old John Turturro. Uh, yeah. With, with, in his debut on the collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he, what can you say about him? He was riding high here from like the late eighties all through the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. it's, there's so many countless great characters that he's played. He is, uh, he's such he's a, the best. He's, he's pretty good. I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, though he seems to have dropped off cause he's, I think he's doing TV and he did that one HBO show that I'm still meaning to watch like the night of Game or something like that. No, <laughs> it's like the crime show night before or something like that. I can't remember. It's supposed to be good. Yeah, the one with uh, Riz, um, whatever his name is. Riz something. Yeah. 
Uh, Anyways. I'll always remember uh, a friend of mine, Ira, many years ago, I think when we watched this movie, he had some umbrage with uh, Johnny Johnny T's uh, character, Pino, saying, is he like the dumbest fucking white man who's ever lived? Because there's like scenes of like just how ignorant he is in in a way that's like cartoonish, where it's like, I don't know if anyone is like that. But now that we have Twitter, uh, Mm -hmm. we realize that like, no, people really are this dumb. And uh, people are that dumb. It, it doesn't seem so strange or like cartoonish or a caricature of a man who's like really into like all these black performers and actors and shit. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're this dumb and horrible. It's like, oh no, there's, there's, mm, that's, no, that's re- pretty real. It's pretty, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, we have, we have uh, old Danny Alo, uh, Sal, the, the, the patriarch mm-hmm. of the pizzeria here. Uh, that dude, that dude rules. Yeah. Uh, he's very, yeah, he's great. This is one of his best movies uh yeah. yeah great character uh there's one of the lines i love is don't start that mookie don't work shit uh <laughs> <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I just think that's very funny uh and then we get martin lawrence like who i, t- I totally forgot gross. i forgot he was in this at all um, yeah yeah and then we have uh ozzy davis as dumb mm-hmm. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, I'm not sure if you're, you probably recognize Ozzy Davis cause he's been like until he died, yeah. he was in a lot of random stuff, but he's a director in his own right too. Back in the seventies, making yeah. some black exploitation. There, there's a movie where he's like a police chief or something. And that's where I re- recognize him from. He was like, what's that movie? He's a police chief from. Let's find out. I don't know. Well, he was in grumpy old men. Oh Yeah. Which is a very good movie that I think Jarrett's never seen, even though he's a bad person. Uh, Bubba Hotep? No, maybe it wasn't a movie. Maybe it was a TV show. Okay. <laughs> Who knows, man? Who uh, knows? He had some appearances on t- in a Touched by an Angel. Ooh, not that. <laughs> okay. I don't know. There's a movie or there's oh a TV show where he's like uh, some that, sort oh, of policeman. This man. is weird. Okay, so he played the same character on the show Touched by an Angel as well as on a show, oh, Promised Land? Um, I wonder is if that that a, Matt Damon movie? No, it's a TV series. Um, oh. <laughs> weird. Okay. Um, and he was a judge on the Client television series? No, Maybe. not that one. Okay. This is very – oh, he was also uh, in the, the Stand well, well, sure as fuck wasn't the stand. Because <laughs> you still have to watch yeah. that bad boy. I don't watch that McGarish shit. I don't know what TV show. He was a district attorney on the show The Defenders. I'll the, find from, it. From, okay. the, from the 60s. I'll find it. You keep talking about whatever you were talking about. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn, Summer Heat. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you are aware because you've watched television your whole life uh, that mm-hmm. apparently New York gets very hot. That's and, what they uh, tell us. What happens is uh, white people go upstate to their cottages mm-hmm. and hang out where it's a lot cooler than in the humidity of the city. And mm-hmm. that's where this movie takes place in. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you did any research at all about this movie. It's like the the whole police brutality, murdering people with nightsticks thing. But that was like... Uh, that, that, well, really... I know about that. Well, that's like, uh, of the 80s, though. Like, yeah. in that window of time, we're like, oh, yeah, that was like an actual thing. And this mm-hmm. was like an actual uh, issue going on um, in this window uh, of time. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't I didn't mention, but uh, I do think that Radio Rahim and uh, Saul uh, Goodman from Breaking Bad, I think they were in the wrong there. They went into that place and they were causing trouble. Uh oh. Even though he died. 
You know what I mean? Mm. It's like you. It's like don't. You're causing trouble. <laughs> you, you're going to cause trouble. You're going to get trouble, Jarrett. Mm. Is that uh, is that the white man talking? It sure is. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Keep going, whatever you're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, that actually brought up the, the next thing about boycott sales. And like, uh, yeah. and like how, you know, that's like it's still a thing to this day. Uh, social, boycott sales? So it's just, just boycotts, things like oh, that, yeah. calls for boycotts, bug out, uh, that whole mentality, that, frust- sure. that frustration of things and how you go about these things. Um, and... I don't know if there's anything to really say about that other than it's like an endless storm of anger and shit online. Mm -hmm. It seems like this is like taken from the street and has like found its way online. That's like a a safer venue, I guess, Mm -hmm. to like funnel your anger and rage because it kind of like deflates itself because it it means like it's less likely that people are going to do anything outwardly. Come on. Wardly. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't believe how goddamn funny that scene with Frank Vincent with his Cadillac driving by the uh, fire hydrant was. Oh. I-, I was laughing so How come? <laughs> it's so funny. Because <laughs> it's like, you know what's going to happen. And like, oh, no, no, go on, man. No, it's so good. We won't spray your car. And he's just like, you, you better not get a fucking drop of water on this fucking thing. I'll fucking kill you. And just his like, you know what's going to fucking happen. And then as soon as it happens, I just, it's so good. I've, it's probably the most I've laughed watching like any criterion movie at this point like that includes like the full-on comedies the life of brian's this is spinal taps like this like that scene is so funny to me um i think it's just because frank vincent is like hilarious because he plays the angry italian man so well uh his indignation is so good i believe he is uh also in uh jungle fever yeah Uh, he's pretty premium in that one i'll get there though okay you keep talking um another great line uh the the three dudes sitting out on the sidewalk hanging out uh when one dude goes to the korean place to go get his beer it's miller time motherfuckers uh that that that, that is a great line Uh um and then this movie is just like jam-packed with like so many monologues and scenes Mm -hmm. those vignettes and just moments uh and it's like wow like they they just don't make movies like this anymore like nobody thinks hey let's just like write a bunch of scenes and like funnel it all together and figure out how to make it work and edit it together so it all works as like a coherent movie like the Mm -hmm. the movies just don't get made like this and that's why this movie is like such a joy to watch too because it's so easy to watch because it's like Nothing overstays its welcome. It's like, oh, there's no real plot. It's just characters hanging out and talking. And yeah, like ugh. a day in the life, man. Fuck. Like I'm sure that like fucking Shape of Water doesn't have follow this type of structure. I'm sure. It's, hey, you can't say that. I'm sure. I'm saying I'm sure that it doesn't. Uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, let's, let, let's. Who's just, the real I, monster here? I, I don't think probably like any of the goddamn movies that got nominated follow this uh, this type of feeling. Um, but what know. about Dunkirk? That's a day in the life. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, the more I think about that movie. Whatever. The more I think about that movie, it's got some issues. Um, Fine. Okay. Scene that I've never been a fan of, and of yeah. course it's, it features Rosie Perez, is Ice Cube scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, me, like, Andrew and I looked at each other and we were just like, what the fuck is going on? But also, uh, Spike Lee is indulgent. As I uh, came to find watching his other movies, yep, uh, he has scenes like that in like lots of movies. Man, mm-hmm. he just loves. He's a perv. I think he's an old pervert. <laughs> yeah, at the time he was a young pervert. 
I mean, he was uh, 32 when he made this. Okay. Young enough. Um, there's a throwaway line about like uh, selling pizza places and whatnot, and they talk about Trump's pizza. Yeah. I and I'm like, that. oh, I can only imagine what Spike Lee thinks of fucking Donald Trump. Because, mm-hmm. man, if you're a New Yorker, you have a very specific view of Donald Trump, I'm sure. I'm sure. And now the world does. Um, yes. But, yeah, that ice scene is weird, and uh, I didn't like it. See, that's what I mean. Like, I think this is a really great movie, but there are certain things that um, I didn't like, like the Dutch angle stuff. I didn't really like that. Uh, the ice cube scene is a little goofy. There, so there's, there's like things that kind of take you out, like took me out of it a little bit. But on the whole, it's on the whole, it's still an A plus. It's yeah. just there, there are certain things. It's like, it's like, it's like, nit- it's like why is that in yeah, there? For, it's like mostly just nitpicks. Yeah. Um, because like the whole of the movie is like. Pretty, pretty good. Um, Yeah, so the end of this movie stresses me out so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, fuck it, man. Go on. Oh, so as as we go, uh, all the tensions build, night comes, you're you're getting that relief from the sun, but, like, things are still not dying down. Uh, It's just like, oh, hey, let these guys in. Let them order some pizza. And it's like, oh, Sal, you shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. And then um, fucking Bug Out, Radio Rahim, they're all fucking hot and they're they're just demanding action and -hmm. just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. And then Sal smashes the fuck out of that goddamn... Radio. Did you find that scene satisfying or upsetting? Oh well, I knew. Well, no, like it kept building, and I was like, "Oh god!" And then I know because like I know what happens. Like I remember this end of this movie because it has such a different feel to the rest of the movie, which is very like life affirming and fun mm-hmm. and spirited. And then it gets all grim as dark fuck, and you're like, "Oh god!" And then it gets violent, and everyone starts mm-hmm. losing their shit and they're shouting and stuff like that. And they set this up too because the uh, one scene earlier that we haven't talked talked about. Is um when um bug outs like out front and uh his his white runners get rolled over by the dude's bike. Oh yeah. And like how like the Martin Lawrence crew roll up. Yeah. And they're just like they're just egging them on. They want to see a fight because it's funny. Yeah. Like they they don't give a shit. They're just like oh yeah pick him up. Oh my god, did you see what that guy just did? Oh, and like they're just yeah. trying to pick a fight. And the guy's like I'm from here. Like what's going on? And like yeah. it's like that that's a like oh that's a pretty stressful situation to be in yeah, they also make fun of that uh the homeless man for a while and then also you're just like oh that's d- d- of the dumb air yeah i mean it's like, but i guess it's like an uh, a statement of the a viewpoint of poor yeah. people and it's like like there's like no like uh in ebert's reviews he talks about it it's like where there's like no good guys there's no bad guys they're just like people and this is like kind of the thing that happens like with where the controversy, I guess, of this movie comes. Like, so when this movie came out, there was like a lot of critics that thought this movie was going to start race riots. Like, like there was uh-huh. like there was like genuine concern, and like that was like one of the things like the talking points coming out of con about this movie is like when this this movie shows in America, it's gonna people are gonna go into the streets. It's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> um, just black people, or what? Is that I, what people I, were afraid of? I guess so. Well, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I guess this was before, like, the L.A. riots, before Rodney okay. King, right? So yeah. th- there's, like, been precedents for riots and stuff like that. And so this was one of those things where there was, like, fears. America's a weird place. They have some uh, yeah. com- they have some complicated feelings uh, and views. Go on, on this, more about like your that. viewpoints. Oh, not mine. I'm talking about America's viewpoints. Uh, uh, we, we, Canada's got its own problems. Um, gotcha. But, uh, 
Yeah, so I remember when I first watched this movie, when I was uh, in high school, I was of the mind of like, why does why does Mookie throw the garbage can through the window? That's like, that's yeah. like that's not a good way of solving these things at all. I just like, and that's like I think a pretty common feeling. Typical like, white I, man. Yep, very typical white man. And then mm-hmm. like I don't know. Years later, when I watched it again, I was like, no, I feel a little bit differently about this now that I know more about the mm-hmm. world and other people's experiences and, like, what was what's actually happening and, like, what the point of doing the right thing is. Um, yeah. Because there's, like a, like, a, I guess, like, some people get feel violated watching this movie because they think Mookie is, like, this hero and he, he will do the right thing. And when he, mm-hmm. like, kind of, I guess, it seemingly turns on yeah. his, like this like father figure employer friend of his yeah. and destroys like the only thing he has in this world that he holds like any pride in and people are like, what the fuck? Like that's the yeah. worst thing he could have done. There's like, he had nothing to do with it. It was the cops. Why didn't they go kill the cops? And it's just like, mm-hmm. and they, they always make these things. And it's like, people just feel like betrayed by Mookie because he's like the character hero. But it's like, I don't know. He's yeah. like, even before then he's presented as like, kind of like, like a not like a deadbeat dad, but kind of like I don't know. Well, that's he's, a, he's this young dad much. who's like yeah. kind of in and out of his kid's life. He'll swing by like um, it's like Rosie Perez's mother. She has some unkind words for him, and he's just like, "Don't speak my, yeah. my son to speak English. I don't want him to speak Spanish." And yeah. uh, like he's like not like a great dude at any at any point, but no one is. And like that's the thing where this movie like that that's like kind of the success of this movie is mm-hmm. there is no easy answers and like. There's like people who think that like it's like a militant racial tirade of like black superiority, and it's like no, I don't think like mm-hmm. that. I don't think that at all. This movie, like, I mean, plus like the whole crux of the goddamn movie, the final scene or the final moments of the movie is like a block of text of Martin Luther King's uh, mm-hmm. one of his speeches and Malcolm X saying we should avoid violence unnecessary. And Malcolm X is like, well, sometimes violence is completely necessary and mm-hmm. um, uh, it's called intelligence to use it. And so like, it's, it's, it's presenting the dichotomy of like violence and nonviolence in the right. world that we live. And like, yeah, there is no easy answers. And that's like the whole point of this movie. And it's like, it's, it's awesome that this movie exists and like, doesn't try to like go down the uh, Oscar Beatty patronizing route of like a crash uh, which was mm-hmm. like, it's like the worst piece of shit garbage imaginable. Um, and this movie is like, th- avoids all those trappings um, by not being that. And it's like, oh, here's a, here's the, here's the world and presented it. And like, it's beautifully made, uh, really well written, great characters. Um, and it draws mm-hmm. you in and it creates like, and it, people still have like really strong reactions to the movie. Like I was reading like a, a comment thread on the, like, Ebert's like great movies review and there's people going to town like so passionate about uh the wrongness of mm-hmm. what Mookie does and like there is the comment about uh I think I'm not sure if uh Spike Lee mentions it it's like he was re- I think on the DVD he talks about uh he's reading reviews that he got mm-hmm. and he had this one like this one critic Joe Klein talks about like how the distro- the just destruction of the pizzeria is like unjustified but like completely ignores the fact that uh radio raheem was just murdered by the police like mm-hmm. it's like people are really obsessed and this is like a problem i have with society in general is people have equated uh private property and its destruction with that of 
the loss of human life. Like, they think it's, like, the same thing, which is fucked up beyond belief to me. Like, things are things. They're not real. They're, like, they're just objects. And, like, but, man, people are so hung up on the things they own. And I get that. Like, I get caught up in, like, if someone steals something of mine, I get mad about that. People, like, that's just human nature to get mad about things. But there's, like, a huge difference between, like, the vandalism of private property mm-hmm. and like someone being killed and but, but man in america in particular uh like the 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 heart of capitalism and materialism it's just like they're, they're the same crime to, to a lot of people and in fact some people would value uh an object more than they would a life and that's crazy and uh that and that like the reaction that people have watching this movie which isn't even real life it's a movie depicting mm-hmm. like a situation people like get oh i can't believe it but i guess there's like an in the emotional attachment that because like the whole like relationship that sal has to that pizzeria in that neighborhood mm-hmm. it's really well established like we're not supposed to just shrug our shoulders at the loss of the the building and like that man's livelihood or whatever um like the whole this idea uh, of like doing the right thing i mean mookie probably did do the right thing and in fact he saved people's lives in some sense like he did something harsh but at the same time it's like what was going to happen otherwise like if the people decided oh we're going to like beat the shit and maybe kill these three italian guys because uh, we're that mad or we'll take out our rage on inanimate objects <laughs> and mm-hmm. like and those guys are going to be mad and like so fucking like miserable and Pino will just be like his everything that he's ever thought will be confirmed um, like man you've never heard uh, anyone snarl out uh, N-bombs so deliciously as John Turturro mm-hmm. in this movie where you're like fuck like it, I almost like laugh at how like mean he delivers those um because mm-hmm. it's like oh it's like jesus what a what a guy but um yeah i don't know the like i, I remember going through this process because the first time i watched it i was kind of like and i argued uh with a f- friend of mine who was is like a visible minority and he had a completely different view of this movie like he was like no it's like whatever it's like no that they, they should have done this and spike lee has said on occasion it's like the only people who ever bring up the pizzeria thing or doing the right thing are white people the only people who ever mm-hmm. talked to him about it are white people. People of color all get it. So, I don't know. It's interesting. What a what a what a great movie, RJ, to stimulate those types of ideas and thoughts. <laughs> Stimulating. Stimulating. Possibly. Do you have any? Possibly. Do you have any thoughts to what I just rambled on about? Um, I did at the time that you were saying things, but you said a few things, and now I can't remember all the things that I was going to say while you were saying things. Hmm. If that makes sense. Right. Uh, I do think that there are black people and white people in this movie. Whoa. That's a statement that I'm going to stick by. <laughs> All right, then. No, I hear you, man. Like, I don't know. I would never go on to act like I know a ton about this stuff, but I feel like this movie uh, speaks louder than I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess maybe is the point. Well, yeah, as you can say to critics of the movie, go make your own movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if you don't yeah. like The Last Jedi, go make your own movie. <laughs> go make your own Jedi. Yeah. So uh, you watched some other Spike Lee movies that I don't I think are, that are not as good as this. No, 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 no. <laughs> so uh, I watched She's Gotta Have It, which was obvious because it's his first movie. 
And uh, it's very much like this. It even takes place in the bed stew area, the same that Do the Right Thing does. Yeah. And it has certain character archetypes that are in Do the Right Thing. Yeah. So we, me, uh, like Andrew and I watch this, and uh, Netflix has a show called She's Gotta Have It. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. I, I did not know that until you messaged me asking me questions about, like, is this like like a shared universe? So, yeah. So the reason I brought that up, mm-hmm. and now I have confirmation of my own statements, uh, is because Andrea watched She's Gotta Have It on Netflix. And then we were watching Do the Right Thing, and she was like, whoa. Because, like, she knew it was the same, like, She's like, so did Spike Lee make the TV show? I was like, no, I think it's just based on his stuff. And she's like, well, there's like characters in the TV show that are in this movie do the right thing. Right. Like, I think the most notable one is Demare is yep. actually in it. But uh, she was saying that even character like um, like the way characters were like. Uh, so there's a character and she's got to have it called Mars, which mm-hmm. is played by Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. And in this one, she's like uh, Mookie. Uh, they say it's very similar. Like they're a little different. One's a pizza guy. One's like a bike guy with like goofy gla- gla- glasses and stuff. But essentially, they're both Spike Lee. So like each of the character acts kind of like the way Spike Lee would. Um, so she's got to have it. Is about uh, a nymphomaniac lady. Uh, she's not a nymphomaniac, but uh, she's just like you know doing her thing. She's kind of like dating a few guys at the same time. Uh, there's like one dude, uh, Mars Spike Lee, who's like the fun guy. So he's like kind of goofy. He's fun. There is uh, the intellectual guy who uh, is very proper and like uh, mentally stimulating. And then there is the beefcake guy. And uh, so she's like trying to decide which guy to go with. Um, we only watched half of this movie. We didn't oh. finish it. Uh, this is what I would describe as art house uh, trash. Um, it's black and white for about half of it, and then I think it goes to color. Uh, it's got lots of monologues where it's like they introduce characters, and then it's a monologue. It's like, well, when I met the man, this is what I thought. Let me tell you now. This is how it is. And then they do stuff like that, and it's – I don't know. I don't really – there's some movies that I think it that's stuff like that can work. And then there's some movies that can't. Uh, I think the biggest problem this one has is it's dated and uh, it's very obviously like so it was his first movie. It was yep. low budget. And I am I can guarantee that uh, the actors were either people he knew or actors that were working for free almost because that's what it feels like. Like uh, and like that's not a thing to like I'll watch movies with bad actors, but uh it just had it had a lot of that feel where it was just like this is very much like uh like a like a student's movie in university almost it's like their it was their thesis movie but at the same time it was like it got it was made well enough that it got enough attention it's like yeah this is just like a full movie even though that's very much what it felt like was i don't know it feels like a university kid made a movie and uh that's basically it like i don't know we it was kind of boring it's not funny it's just kind of just kind of there but there are things like the characters that go in between yeah you know what i mean i really don't remember if i've seen this movie um but i also feel like i i think i've marked jungle fever as a movie i've seen but like i watched the trailer for it and I, I don't remember it at all. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. That sounds like – it sounds like a first film. And it sounds like it, someone figuring stuff out. And, uh, yeah, it they, is. I, no one really talks about 
that movie that much. <laughs> yeah, like no, you, and yeah. I don't think you would because it's not that good. And it's like I said, it's like art house stuff. Like there's, mm. so it's like we were saying and do the right thing. Like the ice cube sex scene. There's a, there's a few indulgent sex scenes in this movie where it's just like, there's one where it's all about like candles and a bed. And it's just like this kind of goofy sex scene where I don't know, maybe it's just me. I was like, I feel like this goes on too long. And it's like, I don't really know what the point is other than to just have this gratuitous, like, sex scene for a while. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm a prude. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you but, are. Yeah. So that's, she's got to have it. So then we watch Jungle Fever. And uh, the reason, I this has been on my radar for a while because it's got my main man, Brad Dourif. And I was like, I got to watch that Jungle Fever to boost up my Brad Dourif credits. And I was like, what? I was like, I'll never, ever watch this other than during right Spike now. Lee week. Uh, so Jungle Fever, Jarrett, is about Wesley Snipes. And he meets, he is a strong, uh, confident black man. He's a professional. He's got a good business job. And he uh, meets a young Italian woman. And she's white. And uh, she gets the jungle fever, and he gets the jungle fever, and they're uh, interracial dating. Oh um, my god! It's uh, it's very like oh, oh. Um, it's so like this, it's like Far from Heaven. It's kind of like Far from Heaven, although that movie's good. Jungle Fever is not good, Jared. Mm. It is not a good movie, and it's too bad because there's like there's honestly like there's some parts that are like really really good like all the race dialogue um is good like i mean obviously that's like spike lee is good at that uh it's got awesome characters and so i did have some confirmation the cops from do the right thing are in jungle fever Mm. same guys yeah uh and then uh so you know how the mayor hooks up with that old lady yeah in uh do the right thing mother's sister other sister yeah uh, those two actors are married in this one they're playing different characters but i like to think that maybe it was just like she took them in the homeless demare and then uh they got better lives mm-hmm. but anyways no they're they're different but they're yeah. they're together in this. but like the cops are literally the same cops uh so there is some overlap um the characters are awesome uh there's a corner shop with uh john Turturro. he runs like a corner coffee shop and he's like supposed to marry the italian woman mm. and like his story is pretty good too because it's like his like uh fiance leaves uh with wesley snipes and then everyone's kind of making fun of him and he's just like what am i supposed to do and then he meets a nice young black woman and then he starts to date her and then everyone gives him shit for that too so you get it on both sides. It's a white man dating a black woman and a, a black man dating a white woman. You know, so it's, you, it's funny. Your description sounds way more familiar than the trailer does. <laughs> like when I walk. Yeah, like, I'm sure the trailer's not good. Yeah. So uh, there, there's good stuff. Uh, the best part of this movie, Jared, is uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. He plays a crackhead uh, <laughs> named Gator. Uh-huh. And he is fucking amazing, and I'm not even kidding. Like that's not exaggeration. He's awesome. Uh, every scene with him is wicked good. So right. he's Wesley Snipes' brother, and uh, their parents are uh, those two old people. And they're uh, the guy is an old uh, pa- like preacher, and uh, the the wife or like the mom she has dementia and she can't really do anything. So like Sam Jackson always goes to their house and like steals stuff and takes money. Very Jared Leto from Requiem for a Dream style. Mm. He's like stealing TV and stuff like that. Uh, but the best part with Sam Jackson is whenever he wants something, like from his mother, he dances. 
she's like, show me that little dance you got. And he like shakes his shoulders a little bit and he starts dancing. And uh, there's there's scenes later like he's fighting with his dad. And uh, you think like something really big is going to happen. And Sam Jackson's like, I'm going to show you something right now been working on a new move for you and he like starts like shimmying and shaking <laughs> it's it's fucking amazing it's so funny but it, it's it feels really like genuine it's like yeah maybe crackheads do do shit like that so there's stuff like that that's really good but then this movie is just fucking horrible like um so what, it's super what, yeah, goofy what, so it's it's the tone no so like it's it goes back and forth between like super serious and then like kind of goofy but yeah. i don't think it's supposed to uh it feels like a tv movie it has a lot of fade to black hmm. like in between scenes like just fading to black uh there's a lot of like 90s transition stuff where like sam jack or wesley snipes is on his bed and then like black like a black like black and closes on his face into a circle like like An scenes iris? like yeah yeah like scenes like that there's a lot of those and they feel kind of out of place the music is really weird in this because they all feel like um, Christmas songs, but they're not. They just they have like it's like din, 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 din. It fe- it's like, well, that's like wish you a Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. But it's like something else is going on. It's like that music is weird. Uh, uh, there's like some there's some other weird stuff in it, like just the way that characters interact with each other and I don't know. This thing's over two hours long, and it has <laughs> it's two hours and six minutes long. Uh, and this movie, I I can safely say, might have one of the worst endings any I've ever seen. So I saw someone uh, else on Letterbox say that, and I'm like, okay, what's the ending? Hey, do you want me to tell you? I, I'm asking. <laughs> Okay, so, like, the whole movie is, like, Wesley Snipes because he leaves, like, his wife and daughter for this white woman, right? And uh, he walks his daughter to school all the time. And a couple times that she he's walking with his daughter, he uh, uh, comes across like prostitutes, like crackheads. One of which is Halle Berry, which I think is one of her first movies here. She looks like she's 18. Yeah. Uh, and the prostitutes are always like, I'll suck your dick for $5. Yeah. And uh, he he's always like, get away from us. And then he'll like take his daughter and he'll be like, he like yells at her. He's like, don't you ever do drugs. And she's like, okay. Because his brother is uh, Gator, Sam Jackson, and he's a crackhead. Yeah. So he's, he's like, don't ever do drugs. Oh, by the way, Wesley Snipes' name in this movie is Flipper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's stuff like this with the – like, so there's uh, there's this, like, thing about Wesley Snipes dealing with his brother who's a crackhead. And then he's, like, leaving his family. And then at the end of the movie, he's, like, trying to get back with his wife because he leaves the white woman again. And there's this, there's this really uh, – gross scene where like they're doing it and she's crying and the daughter always listens to wesley snipes and the mom doing it and that's kind of creepy too like the daughter is always awake and she's like <laughs> like has a smile on her face and it's like ooh, gross but anyways so wesley snipes goes to the daughter's room and uh she's like will you walk me to school today and he's like no not today and it shows him walk out of the uh apartment building and he's walking to the corner and a prostitute comes out and she goes, uh, she's like, you got $5, I'll suck your dick, daddy. Mm-hmm. And Wesley Snipes, the, like the daddy triggers him. And it z- he grabs her head, pulls it into her, uh, his body, and it zooms in super fast. And he, he gives a big Darth Vader, no! And the, it like shakes and it's zooming in. And then it just fucking ends. 
it's like out of nowhere it's super like <laughs> abrupt and like it's honestly it's out of nowhere it's like what the <laughs> fuck like why did they put that in here huh. <laughs> so a prostitute asks uh, she's like i'll suck your dick daddy and he's like no and it oh. zooms in and then it's like freeze frame on a screaming face uh wesley snipes yeah great so it's it's goofy man like i don't know whose idea that was hmm. oh and the uh, intro it's really like it's like they have a theme song it's like he got jungle fever yeah, yeah, she yeah. got jungle fever mm-hmm. and it's like street signs but the street signs say things like the n-word and then crack yeah like crack street. yeah <laughs> anyways anyways hey, uh, what, 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 what is what is brad durf doing this movie Hardly anything. Uh, Brad Dourif and Tim Robbins are in this movie. Okay. So uh, Wesley Snipes is like, he's not like he's like an architect or some something like that. Like an, let's say an architect, (laughs) and uh, he works for Tim Robbins and Brad Dourif, and he asks for a promotion, and uh, because he like he's like you said you would make me a partner in the firm or like whatever they do, and they're like it's not the right time now, and they're all drinking white wine too, which is weird Uh, because they're they're in like office. Yeah, they're all drinking white wine, and uh, he asks for a promotion, and they say no, and then uh, he leaves. Brad Dourif's in it for like a couple minutes, but beautiful. Tim Robbins is really bad because mm. Sam ja- or uh, Wesley Snipes is walking out, and he's like, he's like, I brought you this client, I brought you this client, and Tim Robbins is like, ego, ego, ego. He just keeps like screaming ego and pointing at stuff. Yeah. Tim Robbins is bad, but uh, Jungle Fever is bad. Okay, so avoid there you have it yeah yeah i would not unless you if you interested you could probably just youtube the ending because it's <laughs> it's fucking weird man like i don't know okay someone thought it was a good idea i, I might do that uh, um okay so avoid those but do the right thing is ace yeah do the right thing is very good but yeah. you know but you know rj there are people who don't share this opinion and well, i'm sure there's so, there's, there's some people who hate do the right thing and yeah. we'll just run through a few people here. Half stars for from uh, Cordell Hammond. Race baiting the movie. My <laughs> God, the camera work is sloppy and weird. Uh, uh, I didn't like the camera work either. Well, there's but... like, well, there's like, I'd say the camera work's pretty good, except for those stylizations that are like a couple of things. Like, yeah. there's only a couple of moments of those. Yeah. Um, half a star. Saul Good. I hated this. Radio Rahim and bugging out, we're or we're completely in the wrong. And the only way I can imagine anyone liking this movie would be to see these characters' actions justified. If you fall into that camp, you were a moron. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Sagawa, half a star. Continuing with my AFI list, last night I watched number 96, Do the Right Thing. That's funny. This is 97 in the Criterion Collection. I was not impressed in the least. (laughs) Maybe it would have been a lot more poignant if I watched it when it came out in 1989. But in 2012, this movie mostly just inspired boredom. I didn't appreciate the camera work. The scenes felt disconnected. The dialogue was like they had just been parts of some lame poetry slam that all got jammed together to create one big story that's only purpose was to infuriate you no matter what you think was the right thing there was some great actors and it was cool to see a very early martin lawrence but the accolades this movie received including being part of the national film registry are beyond me 
My favorite part of the movie, honestly, was seeing the guy who takes Ferris's car from the garage and Ferris Bueller's day off in another film. That was the high point for me. Um, I think I kind of agree with the slam poetry thing. That's kind of funny. But uh, in what world is seeing Martin Lawrence in this movie good? He's in this movie for like five fucking seconds. Who give, who gives a shit? Yeah. You should go watch Black Knight instead. That's a good movie. Well, this is a good movie too, but that's a good Martin Lawrence movie. And Alex, half a star. Do the Right Thing is a film that contradicts the message it tries to convey. Do the Right Thing is a terrible film because there are so many contradictions that it just doesn't make sense. The film is a sad attempt at trying to raise important issues but fails miserably. I can't take this film seriously because of the contradictory message it displays. I thought it was an absolutely pointless exercise in exposing racial ignorance. The film would have worked if the contradictions wouldn't have been there. Like, for example, finally, uh, using violence is doing the right thing. Right. I am not racist and have no hatred whatsoever for black people. Uh-huh. But <laughs> personally, I think this film insults the black community and reinforces the stereotypes against them. Spike Lee is an awful filmmaker who practically mm. remakes the same film over and over. Do the Right Thing is a piece of crap that looks dated, and I don't see what's so great about the film. All I see are a bunch of people who contradict themselves in the film. (laughs) I'll stick with American History X and Mississippi Burning. At least those films brought to light important issues that Do the Right Thing try to do without doing the wrong thing. This film does the wrong thing all the way, and by the film's conclusion you feel empty, and you wonder if Mookie did really do the right thing. He didn't, and I thought thought the film was fairly awful considering the subject matter i honestly believe this could have been a good attempt but it has too much contradicting points to make this film a worthwhile viewing experience what what's all the contradictions like what what things contradicted others i don't really understand Uh, yeah and it's like i'm pretty sure that those the contradictions that i would say are contradictions are intentional and they're not even like necessarily contradictions it's like again back to the like final like scene of this movie which is like quotations from martin luther king and from malcolm x who were like had completely different approaches to what they were doing but there's like the whole thing is like here's a photo of them together smiling (laughs) and it's like yeah yeah it's like yeah the world's a complex thing and it's like yeah both these men no matter what they said guess what they're fucking dead they were fucking murdered it's like yeah like fuck like oh fuck oh rj yeah i don't think it's really i don't think contradiction (laughs) is the right word yeah no uh yeah no uh, anyway that man (sighs) you seem you seem all hot and bothered you're you're riled up i'm riled i'm fired up i'm gonna throw a fucking garbage can through somebody's window Oh, time. Uh, yeah, god damn it. Anyways, uh, yeah, this movie's great. Uh, watch it if you haven't already. Don't need my yeah. recommendation, honestly. I mean, just go see it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're a racist, then you probably won't like it. But you're probably not listening to this, so it's all good. No, we probably have one. Uh, after the break, uh, two slices, please. Slices what? Pizza. Oh, Oh, how embarrassing. Do the right thing, do the right thing. Do it all the time, do it all the time. Make yourself right, never mind them. 
Don't you know you're not the only one suffering Do the right thing, do the right thing Do it all the time, do it all the time Make yourself right, never mind them Don't you know you're not the only one suffering Do the right thing, do the right thing Do it all the time, do it all the time Make yourself right, never mind them Don't you know you're not the only one suffering I see you up again wondering So RJ, I mean, you're a pizza man uh, Do you think, like Paying a dollar fifty for a slice of pizza is like a fair price, but like for extra cheese, two dollars. Two dollars for extra cheese is out of control. Yeah. But what you got to remember is that uh, I don't know. I actually I'm kind of I like pizza though. <laughs> That's how I'll finish that. That's what brings the community together: love of yep. pizza and pizza. And, and cheap beer by the can. Um, you can email us at criterionkeys at gmail.com and tell us uh, if you'd pay $2 for extra cheese on your slice. Um, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. We've got a Patreon page. Just search Criterion Creeps. It's there. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that jazz. We've got that YouTube page. Uh, and next week, spine number 98. La Ventura from 1960, directed by Michelangelo Antioni. Hot dog. That sounds fucking boring. How, how uh, accurate? <laughs> I don't know. I've never nice. seen. I've, I've never seen it. Um, oh. I, I have a feeling it is methodical in its pacing. Uh, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully, it's like so good that you won't write any notes down. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to find out next week uh, as we barrel our way toward spine number 100 in a few weeks. That's going to be a hell of a time, a moment of celebration and reflection. What? Were you talking? Good night, folks. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>